Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, and with me to find Amy Elliott Dunn, it's Clay Williams. So, mm-hmm. just between the three of us here, how confident are you with getting away with a murder? <laughs> hmm. Do you think you I, could do it? Or at least, like, no, if you can't, no, can all. you give, like... No. Can you give like a day or a week? Like, do you think you'll be good for a week? Or like, I feel like I could get away from that. I could like cover the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't know. I I think every piece of entertainment that we've seen, it, it just all crumbles beneath us. Yeah, of course. It's like, um, yeah, of course. I, I I think looking up to what we've seen as examples is like oh, it never works out. We always get caught. It's like in that movie, A Simple Plan. Like, they're always, they say, a f- like, four or five times, we need to get our act together, you know? So it's like, you never really have any sense of what's going on. I think I could so my do a day, maybe. Three weeks? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. A day, maybe. I think I'd be pretty good at it. I don't, I don't know. Like, I if I really studied, I wouldn't maybe, like, read a thousand crime novels, but I would read at least, like, a few essays. Just be like, all right, let's get the, let's get the gist here. And right. I don't know. I, I feel like I could do it. Have you guys seen uh, Morvern Caller, the Lynn Ramsey? Yes. Film? Great movie, yeah. Amazing. It's really hard film. to find, to track down, but yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, she just dropped him in the woods and she's, you know, it seemed like she was all right. <laughs> just like, yeah. you know, I, mean, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's easier than some people think and it's harder than others think, if that makes I'll any sense. I'll answer like that. That's fair. We question. have a misconception of it. If you guys stumble across a dead body, what do you do? Oh. Yeah. And I thought we came on to talk about a movie. <laughs> okay. I know, but... We'll like, get there. We'll get there. It's all called <laughs> yeah. morality. The yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll let him know. Would you check it first? <laughs> no, I would probably just... I would, and turn I around. would, like... Yeah, I would poke it with something either my foot oh or yeah probably that's fair i guess yeah. i mean not I not kinda... to, like just no just to make sure not to be like you know not for yeah. fun or whatever just no no, like, no yeah really i think yeah i think for myself the amount of dateline and my favorite murder and like what wrong house and left and like murder all of tlc programming that i've seen i know that calling po- the police is kind of one of the set seven deadly sins and i kind of want to like call a friend first just be like hey that's so like, suspicious I, I though like, bring up who's that friend like I, I don't know like, i don't know i don't know i can't like he's on his way it could be maybe it, like, i don't know i mean i, I feel like Casting... actually i wish i honestly my goal from now on is to have friends to trust me with dead bodies i think Casting if future I... guest joe giordano like maybe like i i, okay. I suppose like i don't <laughs> Like, I don't know about police. I think that, that your number one um, suspicious uh, act... But if you find the body... The thing is, if you find the body, you usually can just be like, hey, I found a body. I don't, you know... Right. If you have nothing to hide, I think you'll be all right. Possibly, but we do see Nick Dunn calling the police, and he's already... I mean, it's Ben Affleck, but still, he's pretty sus once. Um <laughs> Never trust, never trust an Affleck. Never trust yeah. an Affleck. No, mm-hmm. no, yeah. you can't. Never trust Boston kids. 
in general. No, never trust anyone from Boston. Oh, I've been, thank you. I, I've been looking for a platform to say this on, but never trust any person from Boston. <laughs> I've been looking for a milk crate to speak to. I've, like, I, I've needed yeah, exactly. a soapbox for this. I will, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, I've always felt this in my inner soul. Never Shouting trust anyone from talk. Boston. Yeah. yeah. I don't like those Portland schmucks either, but. All right. Well, I'm not from there. I'm not from there, so it's all good. I live here. Yeah. But, you know. No one has said anything bad about a Northern Virginia boy. Where are we, where are we going with this? Why did we go I don't here? Know. <laughs> Lucy May is with just, us again. It's murder, you know. Hello, how are you? All about that murder. It's murder, hello. <laughs> yeah, hey. I'm excited to be back. Um, Thanks for having me back, back, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah, this is... I feel like this is a long time coming. Like, you yeah. You suggested this episode uh, so long ago, and it's like, ooh, we're, we, we're going to get there one day. Eventually. eventually and um yeah because this is it feels because <laughs> i think each of the three fincher entries into this decade i not only love but i think um they're so significant in where he's going with his career and what mm-hmm. has died down trend wise throughout the 20th sense um yeah but before we go into that when was the first time that you saw gone girl Okay, so back when I chose this movie to talk about, which was almost a year ago now, just to, like, let everyone know, I chose it for a reason, not because it's even, like, my favorite venture, because it's honestly, like, probably third, I would say. Third or even maybe sometimes fourth, but Mm -hmm. my story with it is quite, like, significant in my memory, Um, because, and I was doing the research before I came on, just get the dates right, and my memory was correct, so... It was one of the first movies that I ever logged on Letterboxd, um, and I it came out on ah. October. Yeah, and it came out on October third, twenty fourteen. I remember that very specifically. That was the Friday. But you know how sometimes they do, you know, those Thursday night shows. I remember it was all twenty twenty fourteen at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, they do those night yeah, I, I shows. I just remember it was fall on, at least in the year. Yeah, for sure. Um, they do thursday night shows so i was like super excited i had no idea what it was about but i was like a fan of fincher by that point to where i was like okay everyone's talking about it. i have to go um but i wasn't able to go i wasn't driving at the time so i wasn't able to go until sunday and i remember those three days waiting to see gone girl were like in a cinematic like standpoint of just like really loving movies it was like torture just like waiting three days to see Gone Girl, and so I finally got to see mm-hmm. it on Sunday. It felt like this it was a year thriller adapted from an airplane <laughs> novel. Exactly, but no, everyone was was uh, talking about it and seeing it, and I was just so excited. Um, so I finally saw it on Sunday. And oh wait, I meant it... airport novel, not airplane novel. <laughs> airplane novel. I mean, you can read it on an airplane. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah, um, that's true. So yeah, you... it's, it's just possible. like it's sort of like <laughs> trashy. Kind of it's not trashy. Yeah, we'll, get like that. It, uh, we'll, we'll get into oh, that. We'll get into that. That's what Purdy so... described as from a Gillian Flynn fan. Oh, okay. Okay. There you go. Okay. So I saw it on Sunday and yeah. it's definitely I... one of the most significant like theater experiences I think I've ever had. Um, I just remember being mm. to, like totally just blown away by all the twists in it. And the audience was like so receptive. It was wild. Like every time something happened, people were like talking, like whispering comments. Um, 
it was just, it was amazing. And I've loved it ever since opening weekend. So. Yeah, How awesome. old were you when you saw it? Um, I think it was 20 or 21. It was probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, okay. I would love to see it in theater. That's awesome. You didn't yeah. see it in a theater? Like, uh, uh, Clay, I think. Myself and Clay, I think we're just getting a film. So I was just getting my taste situated. Like, I, I think I can speak for you, right? Is that. Oh no! I Sorry. saw it in the theater. Oh what? No, oh, I'm the only <laughs> one that hasn't, and I would love to. Man. Oh no. Okay. Well, I remember that uh, for myself. I knew who Fincher was at this point. I had seen a, a bulk of his filmography, maybe one or two. I had to go like, I don't know. I think I saw Panic Room. After this, mm-hmm. I saw Alien Cubed. After this. Um, but yeah, this was like in the middle of when I was going through his catalog and I have this, this is like random story from, to how I got to here, but to how I got to like see it for the first time. But I had this aunt who gave a, gave like the nieces and nephew every Christmas, these target gift cards that ranged from how old you are. Like if you're older, they get more expensive, but if you're, you're younger, they get less expense mm-hmm. or um, like less monies on them. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, mine was like 20 bucks. I was like, Oh nice. I got, a, I got a pretty, um, I got one that's pretty loaded. And so like all the little cousins, they got like $5 gift cards, $10, like, yeah, you guys. Um, <laughs> but I saw a target that gone girl was only 20 bucks and it was on sale um, from, I think it was like 30 everywhere else. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a Fincher that I haven't seen before. So I pick it up, and I knew very little about it. I, I knew, oh, gosh, um, I, I knew that, like, um, the Neil Patrick Harris casting was, like, subversive. I knew that it was Ben Affleck, and I, I had, like, I knew reviews about it from 2014 um, mm-hmm. and how it's, like, made a lot of critics um, ten less. And, yeah, of course, like, I knew the name David Fincher. I knew the name Ben Affleck. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and I, and I, and when I saw it, it was, it was just like, I was just enraptured and I didn't, I, I, I didn't want it to end. Like there was just so much there that I got when I saw it at 15 or 14, but even now I do pick up on, on things even more, but mm-hmm. it, that's like not to say that I didn't get it. Like, um, five or six years ago. Yeah. I'm kind I'm kind of lucky that I, I saw it so many times throughout, uh, the years. Like I've seen it a bunch. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just so good. It's like, um, when we covered enemy, I remember Brian Rowan was saying prisoners is like the best law and order episode ever. <laughs> and, um, I kind of like, like in this to being the best dateline episode ever. Yeah. Um, Cause it has all everything you have. And, um, Fincher is so smart with, well, everything, and he mm-hmm. kind of knows how he wants to subvert the things we come to expect in the, the mar- marital thriller. Um, yeah, for sure. Is this your most rewatched Fincher? Maybe. I, I think I think that 
all of them I've seen at least twice. And um, Social Network, I, I think I, this might be tied with Social Network. Hmm. Um, or Zodiac, I, I think I've seen a bunch too. I, I kind of, I don't know. Because there was a year on Letterboxd that I I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to log rewatches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why. I was just like, you know what? I, I just want to like feel like accomplished it's only keeping track of things that accomplish yeah i guess so i I didn't really know what the thinking was um so i kind of forget what i haven't and have seen multiple times Mm -hmm. lucy do you think is what's your most rewatched venture is it this if you know what it very it very well could be this i mean this dragon tattoo and social network are very like pivotal to me so i've seen them so many times and i've even mm. seen you know yeah. fight club a ton i've seen seven more than twice yeah. i've seen all of them at least twice yeah. like like jack but i forget how drag how good dragon tattoo is like, it's <sighs> it's amazing you know yeah, i, I don't know if you all. guys have have talked about it before but i almost chose dragon tattoo it's just that Gone Girl was a little Ooh, more potent yeah. um, and recent, but I'm a big fan of Dragon Tattoo. I think yeah. it's underrated. And I That's think that Letterbox few features can... I haven't seen. Oh, really? Phenomenal stuff. It's I think so that good. that Letterbox connection for you is so important, considering where you're where you're known from. You know, so it's like yeah. I'm happy about this. Um, yeah, and and I'm kind of I'm kind of similar to you in how. This is like my, it could be my third or fourth, like Zodiac and Social Network are up there mm-hmm. uh, for, and this might be a solid three, but it's like, so it's, it's still so immaculate. Um, I know that that's the thing about and Venture I, that's I've always been crazy. a bigger fan of, yeah, I've, no, I've always go been ahead. a bigger fan of his work Zodiac on. So um, anything before Zodiac, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I like that, but what he's been doing and um the things that the filmmaking has capitalized on I, i've been like okay I've, i think I, I enjoy that more um definitely because like zodiac we see the shift to digit to digital cinematography and i think that was um the ripple effect of things that started to start to crystallize that he didn't want to crystallize um like with fight club and seven and um, yeah, because I think he was still finding his footing, even though those are like really great stuff. Yeah, it's funny how definitely. Works. Yeah, I his filmography is just so good that you know when I tell people who you know also love Gone Girl, I'm like, yeah, I mean, because the Social Network, um, I have a complicated relationship just because I didn't really like click with it at first for a few years because I was you know young when I saw it. Um, I was in my teens and I was like, it doesn't really click for me. But a few years later, of course, I started to realize it was really something special. And between that and Dragon Tattoo, um, I really love. And so Gone Girl is probably third, but that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't mean it's really third because yeah. I think all three of those are just so, especially so perfect. And um, yeah, and then his other films mm-hmm. are just, are also well made. Yeah. So... Ben Butt, I think I, I've actually only seen once. That, that might Benji be only, Buttons. Yeah, ben Butt and Alien Cubed. Yeah. Benji, yeah. Benji yeah. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Cubed. Alien Cubed. I haven't seen um, Benj, Benj Button. Benj Butt. Benj. Um, <laughs> and I haven't seen. Uh, what the third one? Uh, Dragon Tattoo. 
yeah. And those are the three I haven't seen. I'm I'm jealous actually that you're gonna be seeing that for the first time when we do it. Because like, yeah. man, I I I think I wasn't prepared for that one because I saw it really young. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like, it's kind of like Gone Girl where you're not confused, but it's it's just like I I, under, I understand a lot of this. moving parts. Yeah, yeah, it's funny would, how that works. Um, I would say Dragon Tattoo yeah. might be his most complicated. It's up there with like Zodiac. Um, just because yeah. it's so, it's 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 a lot. Like the book it's is a, a really lot, and the movie is text. a lot. Yeah, it's really yes. Yeah. It's it's surprising though. I think it sucks. We underrated. Never got the sequels. Oh, I know. I can't talk about it. Yeah, I'm jealous of Clay as well. I re- I wish I so could see it again loves... for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned this on the Social it. Network episode, but I our family used to do this thing do this thing when we got Netflix DVDs that we burned them onto our our family Mac computer <laughs> so we never lost criminals. Them. We, yeah, it was yeah. criminals. Um, and, I, and I'll mention it again when when we do Dragon Tattoo. But that's where I saw um, Ben Butt as well, and it's just <laughs> like, oh yeah, I, I, that's that's when I. And it's just like I just never really had the urge to revisit it. But if I had yeah. to revisit, I wouldn't be upset, you know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely his outlier. Like, man, I can't believe that's. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's like, the I know like most to... digital effects heavy. Because, oh yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, it's like. That's his most digital effects heavy, and um, he uses effect because obviously he has an, a, an effects background c- coming from um, ILM, and he uses he uses them really sparingly throughout his mm-hmm. career, and, and just like it's weird to see him use it that much, you know? It's, yeah, it's just so yeah. him. Benjamin Button is definitely like. I mean, I think he said this before. I hope I'm not misquoting, but he said something like um, he he thinks of his filmography in two categories. He has like kind of like movies he does for himself. That would be more like, you know, the social network, for instance. Um, it's just kind of like meteor and he can really kind of get as perfect as he wants it. And then he also has a category that he said is more like, you know, just like mainstream, like popcorn movies. So like Panic Room and Benjamin Button, I feel like are are really good in the game even, um, are really good for what they are. I think they're yeah. brilliant oh still, you know, compared to other popcorn movies, kind of, like they're yeah, just the brilliant. Really <laughs> the game is so good. Like it's yeah, wild yeah. that I know that we're supposed to talk about Gone Girl. We'll probably go into that soon, but like I really could just yeah. like, yeah. talk about yeah. Fincher's filmography like pre-Mank especially like for hours. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's he's another one where it's like, okay, we get it. Like, Fincher's just great, but it's like, Fincher's just great. <laughs> he's literally so good. Like, I, I, I hate... nothing to the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no conversation here. It's just and the I, fact and I like that, how, like, he's yeah. so good. And he doesn't like people, you know? It's just like that... <laughs> I think he taps into everybody's cynical side. He taps into like the part of our brain where it's just like people are obsessives. They're they're criminals. They're crooks. They're mm-hmm. um, drunks. Um, yeah, they're just not good they people. They abandon their loved ones and their wives. Right, 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 right. Because um, there's la- there's so rarely like literal and fi- uh, um, figurative rays of sunshine in his mo- like i remember huh. in, in seven for example and i think it 
goes throughout his filmography. Like, there's so little daylight. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm. He's a he's a rainy filmmaker for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, he. It's interesting. I I wanted to see. I just went through his filmography real quick of like how many of his films are adaptations and how many of them are not. And surprisingly enough, I'm pretty sure. like most of them are either adapted from a book or a short story, mostly a book. Like. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, the back half, because he, that's his, that's his thing, right? Like, yeah, um, I think especially Social Network, uh, Dragon Tattoo, book. Gone Girl, book, are, are all books that mm-hmm. shouldn't work on screen. Um, but he, he's so, he just has such great craft mm-hmm. that, um, the material really shines through. Yeah. Uh, Ben Butt is a short story. Zodiac's a book. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Panic Room is original. Fight Club's a book. Seven's um, original. Seven is original. The mm. game is original. Uh, wait. And I think rarely yeah, he original. writes his own scripts because, like, yeah, like, okay, he's never. Blocker, there's no screenwriting um, credit on seven, any of them. And, um, obviously, Sorkin. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mank, well, well, of course, uh, uh, was Jack Fincher, written by his yeah. daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And Alien 3 was written by uh, me, actually. I wrote Alien 3. <laughs> um, that tracks. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I traveled back in time. You know, I was told, hey, we got, we need someone to write Alien 3. I'm like, all right, I'm your guy. Um, I'm the guy. Are you <laughs> To ruin you Alien 3? Story, cre- story credit <laughs> adaptation. Yeah, like, like, we need to have the correct... Uh, stamp of writing approval like you need 100 percent. no i actually wrote mank i uh yeah. i'm actually david fincher's father so it's fun fact what is I, going I'm on actually, we need a timeline <laughs> i'm i'm jack fincher um yeah lucy's gonna bring out like a chalkboard to like write out oh all, all the it's like an interstellar you know? situation you know you go back yeah. and then <laughs> for sure yeah fold a piece of paper yeah yeah, yeah. get a pencil um poke it through my this first time hole. seeing my first yeah. time seeing Gone Girl, <laughs> I couldn't really tell you. Um, it was it was definitely in theaters, and I saw it with my mom. That's all I got. I can't remember mm-hmm. anything else. I remember I, I I remember it being very visceral. Like it's it was right before I well I guess it was right during I was starting to get into movies. Like 2014 was the precipice and like 2015 is when i like skyrocketed into movies like mm-hmm. 2014 i was seeing like, like interstellar oh that's crazy <laughs> yeah well like 2014 i that's when i saw like oh. that's when i saw skyrocketed um, like there's spaceships in interstellar yeah. you see okay. and... i see i see what you're saying um i'm uh terminating this podcast uh no um <laughs> that was the worst joke ever. <laughs> no it's great it was fantastic i loved every minute of it my favorite um, part was that you interrupted like... into the joke <laughs> go ahead yeah Sorry, no, i think it's perfect i honestly love it yeah. <laughs> no of course i mean hey I, I the joke's too good you got it has to it has to be out there um what was i gonna say oh yeah but like I do remember that there was this like real visceral reaction in the theater, and me included, I was tense as fucking hell. Um, mm-hmm. It was like just when I started to like go to the movie theaters like regularly. Like that's when I was seeing Best Picture nominees like Birdman, Whiplash, that kind of yeah. shit. Yeah, that was like the real start of it. 
Um, cause like 2013, I don't think, yeah, I didn't catch up on any of it, but 2014 is like, well, critics say this is yeah. good. And I actually now pay attention to what critics say. So I'm watching it. Or um, you like, you're all in on the imitation game. Like chips <laughs> are on the board. God, I did see that. I don't, I didn't oh, see it in theaters, thank God. Going. No, I didn't see it in theaters, but. <laughs> Me neither. You see, like, I think, but how you're, how you're, how you're talking about, um, Oscar season 2014 is like, I think I, I've mentioned this a bunch, but that was like me for 2015 like that's when i mean i wasn't crazy like 20 when i mean 2014 i don't mean like i mean whiplash and bergman not like 12 years a slave like i mean it was the 2015 oscars yeah 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 no i I, Mm -hmm. oh okay i misspoke that like yeah like the 20 going into 2016 oscars class like that was yeah Yeah. i mean i don't think i got too crazy i just think i it was just the best picture nominees and then all the rest i kind of just was like um but i mostly just went off of what critics thought um, well, actually, like, wait, 2014, was that when, like, Philomena, is that, is that Philomena the movie was 2013 was going into 2014. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, but yeah, no, like, Philomena's uh, I had not seen it. Um, I, so I haven't seen basically, um, what was I going to say? I actually just, sorry, I just had a brain aneurysm. I, I lost my train of thought and lost all of my focus. Um. No, but, like, it was a very visceral reaction in the theater. Like, super. I could just remember mm-hmm. that everyone tensed up at the, at the right times. Everyone reacted at the right times. There was this, like, silence that really, like, suck up, sucked up, like, the whole atmosphere of the place. It just, it felt very theatric. And, yeah. Um, or cinematic, I should say. In the sense of, like, everyone was glued. Everyone was, it was a roller coaster and everyone had their seatbelt strapped in. It yeah. was just, it, everyone was paying attention. There was no people talking. There was no, you know, like, on people on their phones. Everyone was in it, um, which was awesome. It, it's, even though I don't remember too much of that first viewing, uh, that's basically, uh, I just remember the feeling. I don't really remember the details of any of it. Mm-hmm. I just remember the feeling of watching it in theaters. Me too. Um, yeah. I just, and I've always remembered what if, her, what if, have you seen any Fincher before, or did you already say? I don't remember. Maybe Fight Club in seven. I feel like I definitely watched like seven before Gone Girl, but nothing. Not not like I don't think Zodiac. I, I'm pretty sure I saw like Zodiac in like 2015. I don't think uh, the game or Panic Room. Definitely not. But like maybe Fight Club and maybe um, seven. But besides that, probably not. Um, but, what else can I say? um, but yeah, no, I don't really remember much of the details, just mostly the experience of it. I especially remember the um, scene of her slitting Neil Patrick Harris's throat. I just remember my, <laughs> like, huge react. like, that was just, it shocked me in theaters. Yeah. I wasn't prepared. I was just like, holy shit. Did you um, stand up and say that was legend? Wait for it. Dairy. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I'm curious if I saw, I think I must have seen some of How I Met Your Mother before. <laughs> I must have seen some of it at least. That, yeah, that was um, that was like a big sitcom in my family. Before um, I saw this, I feel like it was for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I remember that was but a big yeah, no, deal, and, like his casting. Like, yeah, it, yeah, and we'll talk about it. Um, yeah. But like, I haven't rewatched it since though, which is crazy. Yeah. And I've always yeah. loved the movie, but I yeah. haven't seen it since 2014. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Fincher, and I've always rewarded this movie really well, but. It's mm-hmm. something I don't like. I don't know why I never rewatched it. 
I, I couldn't tell you why, but I just have it. And then I watched it. Um, I, we're recording this, uh, you know, on Saturday, and I rewatched this shit uh, Wednesday. No, yeah, Wednesday, I think. Yeah, I saw it Wednesday. Um, and I... It's funny enough, you guys were talking about, this is my third third favorite Fincher. It's mine as well. Wow. And I, it's my third favorite Fincher. Um, yeah. Wow. Social Network mm-hmm. and Zodiac are my top two. I, um, we have the same top three. Wow. Twins. Yeah, apparently. I, I, I mean, think I swap, yeah. I, sw- <laughs> I swap Zodiac for Social Network. And then I think, yeah, Social Network, Gone Girl, Dragon Tattoo, possibly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but it's so it's and then like I don't know. Mank's really good. I, I like Mank. I, I can't be. I Mank. Can't lie. Mank. What if I know? Yeah. What if there's a Mank? One. Let's start. Let's start the chant, guys. No, 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 no Mank discourse. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm still. Was I know it's any? not like the, I, I missed it. Was there? Any? There's all. There's a discourse about there's, all of it. There's uh, always discourse Oscar season existing. about like everything. If you look hard enough. Um. But yeah, like my yeah, my top like four just to get this out of the way is probably like Network, Zodiac. I gotta look at mine again. I don't really have Fight it Club in front of me. But I I love Fight Club. I know that I Fight don't know Club if that's like so a hot opinion any, or not a hot opinion, a hot take. Yeah, I like I think that's great. I think it's still it was my yeah. number one for a very long time. Um, but like in Social Network, the thing is, and we had talked about this when we actually recorded the episode. But that's a movie I love, but I hate at the same time. I hate watching it. Because it makes me so angry. It's, like, infuriating for me. Like, makes my blood boil. But it's still, like, one of my favorite movies. Wow. Um, it's very weird experience. I have a weird, very weird relationship with that movie. And I think it's just the Zuckerberg of it all. It just makes me insanely mad. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, I mean, I think we spoke about it a few times. But it's also the circumstances in which we recorded it. Well, yeah, but also, like, yeah, I guess, yeah. And that was my that most didn't recent help. watch. That, it didn't help. It didn't help, for sure. It didn't help. Um, yeah. So we recorded. If you didn't know, Lucy, we recorded that episode very recently after he was testifying in front of Congress uh, in oh. 2019. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, if you remember, like that. legit, like the week of when he was yeah. testifying. That's uh, so it, ironic. We didn't obviously that. we didn't plan it. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. It's happened a few times, something like that, mm-hmm. like that weird weird coincidences. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was an experience for sure. Um, that was our third episode and, you know, so, and so this is our second yeah. time covering Fincher since yeah. social, social network. Yeah. Um, to be fair, he's only made, what, he only made three movies during this decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the man doesn't work a ton, but when he does work, uh, he drives everyone insane. <laughs> uh, and like, including his fans, um, and yeah, so it's like, but he is very much into the book shit this decade. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, Social Network, Gone Girl, and um, and Dragon Tattoo, and, he, and and Social Network is probably out of those three, definitely the. Well, that's different. Um, that's the like one that stands out in the sense of theme and genre but mm-hmm. uh gone girl and dragon tattoo very much of the same kind of i haven't like so i haven't read well actually let's let's do this 
I haven't read any of the books. Um, I haven't read, and I have not read Gone Girl. Lucy, have you read Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn? Yes. Uh, I saw the movie, you know, in 2014, and then I immediately um, went and bought the book because I became very obsessed with the movie and just the story. And right after that, um, she quickly became one of my favorite writers as well because, like, the source material is so good. You know how, like, Social Network is really good? Um, partly because of Sorkin script is just like immaculate. Um, it's like similar mm. to the fact that the book, like Gone Girl, I think is so good and it paints even more detail than the movie. And only a few things were changed, but the fact that they collaborated on the movie, um, him and Gillian Flynn are, is just the best. Like Sharp Objects is just incredible. Uh, so is the show and Dark Places is yeah, even- Yeah, Sharp Objects is great. Yeah, Dark Places is even a really good read. Um, too bad the movie uh, doesn't exist because it's it, it was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I pretend that it doesn't exist. Were you the girl? Were you the girl on the train? Were you? Um, did you? See? <laughs> I I hadn't read it, but I did go and see it because of course they were like it's like Gone Girl, so mm. I went and saw it, and I was like that was fun. Yeah, right. Like that Emily was, Blunt is good at the time, yeah. right? And then I get back, really? and like everyone online was like that was horrible, and I was like I don't know what you guys saw, but I had fun. Like Emily Blunt, I'll take it. You know what I mean? She's always good. So, and of course there was that midpoint in the decade that I think like everybody was high on Blunt. Because she oh, yeah. had that run of like Edge of Tomorrow and Sicaria. So it's like, it was like yes. trying, her trying to capitalize yes. on that, like working with the screenwriter from Gone Girl. Um, but, but Jack, you've made yeah. this mistake. You've made the mistake that I think is very, very common. Gillian mm -hmm. Flynn had nothing to do with Girl on a Train. Um, no, I mean, did I, what did I say? You said this working with Emily Blunt, working with the screenwriter. From oh Gone yeah, Girl. no, I, I guess yeah, no, I, I think I, I think I knew that. It was, it was more like yeah, she it was like based on everyone similar. assumes so. Every, I mean, yeah. I did too. I assumed for so the longest time. It's always just yeah. like, oh, she must have written that, but it don't. No, yeah. Not when not you said like, that, yeah, I think I, I remember that. Now. No involvement, right. and but of course, is, like but, she, yeah. she took liberty, um, in saying like, if I want my fingerprints on a script. I'm going to be involved pretty heavily, which mm -hmm. we saw a few years later in Widows. Yeah. Widows is actually very good, I think. Yeah. Well, great little picture. <laughs> um, I also so think what did the you Fincher think of the book? In the, like, oh, what yeah. was your reaction to the book, Lucy? And how the many book? differences are there? Like, are you just like... Okay, so neither of you have read it then, I I can assume. No? 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 Okay. Yeah, I I was so into the movie that when I read the book, it just, yeah, made me fall in love with the story more. And there aren't as many differences as you would maybe think. Like, Fincher actually kept, they kept a pretty uh, tight, like, scope on it. Um, there are only just s small details. Um, the biggest being, and I did want to bring this up just, like, for later when we talk about Amy as a character, because I'm sure that'll happen, Um there is a part in the book that I wish they had kept in the movie. It's like the only thing that I wish they had kept that when she, Amy was in boarding school, she actually like manipulated a girl, like a girl that was just her friend. And um, I don't remember the details. And I actually do not know where my copy is. I have a copy and I think maybe I lent it to an <laughs> aunt or I misplaced it, but I couldn't find it. So yeah, you'll have to <laughs> check that out if you haven't. It's uh I didn't look it up before 
Those are usually or, the two options with any book, right? It's either with an ant <laughs> or it's lost. It's gone. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that is yeah. one of the only details. It's gone. But otherwise, it's gone, girl. It's, it's gone. gone, girl. Yep. And and that's one of the only details that's that... Top, uh, okay, that just topped I wish it the worst in. joke ever. That topped mine. I know. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Was pretty I bad went with it. It's part. fine. Yep. It's fine. I, I went with it. it. But, yeah, I think the book... There you go. Like, like, if you like the movie, it's it's one that... Because, you know, I always have a problem when, like, you know, they make an adaptation and it's about to come out. And I'm like, should I read it first or should I watch it first? Because as a really big fan of movies, every once in a while, like with Gone Girl, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch the movie first because, like, David Fincher made it. I want to see what he's doing. And I'll let all of my surprises, I'll give that over to the movie because I trust the director. So, like, that's why I saw the movie before I read the book. Um, But, like, a flip instance of that is i just recently read the woman in the window because i was like i don't know about the movie so we're gonna go ahead and mm. read it first but for yeah. gone girl yeah we will see um the book was pretty good but yeah, yeah i think the book of gone girl, and it's coming and i'm just getting uh, a report guys the woman in the window is coming out uh never it's coming out it's never coming out <laughs> that's interesting okay. poor amy yeah. That's that's a that's another another conversation altogether. <laughs> what if she wins? What if she wins for this? Mm, <laughs> I don't want to think about that. I really don't. <laughs> but like that—that's any project that her and Glenn Close choose. It's like, oh my god, this could be, uh, this could be the one. It this could be, be finally it. it. This could yeah, be when like yeah, they it put, put out. It kind of sucks to be in that position. I literally like, thought every that every time like, it's like this could be it. <laughs> I've been I've been rooting for Amy since American Hustle. I was like, this is her year for American Hustle. <laughs> <laughs> I was delusional, but it's okay. <laughs> I was, I was uh, delusional. We got very American off track. Hustle did things to me. Oh. <laughs> um. Okay, so we liked the book. Um, mm-hmm. People liked the book in general as well because it was bestseller. Um, yeah, it it is one of those rare instances. I mean, it's I, I don't know if it's gotten more rare or less rare, but it is one of those times when the uh, author adapted her own book for mm-hmm. the script. Um, it's I, I don't I, I can't like I don't necessarily know of the trend. I don't know if it's increased or decreased. Um, in the last few years, but it is one of those instances. And usually that works out. There's not a, I've never really, I can't think of a time when I'm like, oh, they shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. It's usually something else that goes wrong or like the Mm -hmm. book was shit anyways. Um, Like it, Andre seems, I think, uh, call me by by your name. I'm pretty sure he wrote Mm -hmm. the script. Okay. James Ivory wrote the script for call me by your name. No, never mind. Sorry. Forget what I said. Forget. I forgot every I forgot every second of it, uh, but I don't even know really where I was going with this. But Gillian Flynn did break off, uh, break, uh, or um, did how did I say this? She got real, real hot, real, real fast after this movie. I mean, she was yeah. like one of the more notable authors and writer and like screenwriters in film, and she yeah. still is. And this probably is probably more important to her career than Fincher. Than this for like then like Gone Girl is bigger for her career than Gone than Gone Girl is bigger for Fincher. You yeah, know what I'm saying Definitely. like this has much more of an impact on her tra- uh, on her trajectory. Um, this also is like 
right around and like should we talk about the cast like where where, where do we want to go first i think usually like our our thing naturally has become we talk about everything outside the movie and then we slowly creep into the movie itself so i guess yeah okay. um R- rosamund pike was kind of a sensation when this oh, came out <laughs> man pretty big it's an understatement man like it yeah her performance is just I think it died so... in the rough, too. Like, she had she had been known, but not, like, a household name like she was after this. Oh, definitely. Um, like, she's... Yeah. And do you guys know who wanted the role? And, fin- and do you know who Fincher said no to? Yeah, Reese like, Witherspoon. Just, no? Reese Witherspoon was almost Reese- Amy Dunn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now she's a... Pro- and then she went on to be a producer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. I, I, would lo- I would have loved to have seen it. But, it would have um, been very interesting, but, after but this, I think you can't imagine anybody else as yeah. Rose Pike. Yeah, yeah, I think Fincher's just so good at casting, and for this particular project, obviously, I feel like you can't talk about the cast of Gone Girl without talking about the fact that like the cast is the supporting cast is sometimes so weird, and he did that on purpose. Like I forget yeah. his reasoning. It's he's definitely yeah. said it before, but like, um, like. Oh, I'm forgetting the people's names. Like Missy Pyle plays the like TV announcer. There's Tyler Perry is the lawyer. There's mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. what's his name? Neil Patrick Harris. You know, that that alone, it just mm-hmm. speaks mm-hmm. volumes. Carrie Coon! Yes, Carrie Coon is incredible. Margo, Margo uh, Dunn, yeah. Yes, phenomenal. Yeah. And uh and um, finally um Casey L- Wilson. Lola Kirk. Boy, Lola Kirk. Kirk. Yes. As those two, like, southern, like... Mm-hmm. I was... I totally forgot Boyd was in this. Absolutely yeah. spaced that. Yeah. I just didn't... I, I, I mean, I, well, I, I, I can't... I guess I kind of, like, when I saw Lola, I'm like, oh, yeah, she is in this. But mm-hmm. when Boyd, I was like... I just left my mind. I, it who, was right before I Narcos. I'm not even so sure who that up. is. Let me look. He's uh, the boyfriend of Lola Kirk. Yeah, no, like, yeah, I just those, don't those know the actor robbed, uh, by name. Yeah. Oh, 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 sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. Um, so that Logan, Logan, he's like the villain in Logan. He's in, um, um... he was in the Predator, Shane Black movie. He was, uh, he's been in a ton of stuff mm-hmm. as of late. He's been blowing up. Um, I always love him. He's a very charming man. Okay. Um, great Southern draw. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but like, but yeah, no, this funny I, cast is bizarre in this movie. Yeah, yeah, and of course, like you said, Fincher is so in tune to his casting decisions. He always, yeah, has them. definitely. There's not, there's not a film of his that you wouldn't that you'd be like, oh yeah, that was was handled. Um, yeah, yeah, because like the Neil Patrick Harris and um, Rosamund Pike revelations. Uh, in 2014, I think Tyler Perry was was also some something that sparked a lot of conversations. Like, man, like he can really flex dramatic acting muscles pretty well. Yes, um, yes. As just, like, like it was surprising, in this absurd situation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I, I think a lot of people have come has, have come around to his career, but in 2014, I think we were holding our breath to to see what else he could do. Mm-hmm. And, and um... uh, it's. It's a performance that that's a, all these performances have aged really well. Yeah, I find even like 
because I, at the time of, like, the movie coming out, I had been a pretty big, like, SNL fan for quite a while, and I remember seeing Casey Wilson. Mm. That, she she has a great, such a great small part in the movie. What did you do with your pregnant wife? Like, she's so good. She's just, like, carrying around a kid the whole time, and she's hysterical. Noelle Hawthorne is a crazy Noelle bitch. Noelle Hawthorne, yeah. yes. <laughs> 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 she was an yeah. SNL. Yeah, she she definitely was. Wow, I totally forgot this. <laughs> oh, she was. Wow. Yeah, I don't recognize. I guess that was like right before. Like, I think I really got into SNL like in the 2010s. So that was right mm -hmm. before. Like, she was only there on there for like a year. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. she does. She is very recognizable. Yeah, um, I think it's fair to say like Amy Dunn for me is maybe one of the like most significant and favorite uh, like antiheroes that we, that we've seen in the decade. Like it just represents so much of our worst nightmares and something yeah. that's kind of true that we don't like to think about in in relationship dynamics. Yeah, especially I, modern relationship dynamics that. So many things are still so taboo, but like we acceptable at the same time. Yeah. I remember at the end of 2019, I was doing like a roundup of this is actually um, a good topic for, for the podcast because it's about the 2010s. I was doing a list of my favorite, yeah. like a hundred characters from yeah. the 2010s and Amy Dunn was definitely number one. And I still think as far as like all of, film mm. characters go she might be number one just because i don't know it was a big impact on me i remember the the friends i had at the time and on social media and we were just such a big fan of the movie and like such a like you know it was like a film loving way but just also just it was kind of fun to like be a fan of the movie at the time you know it was kind of very potent and i remember her character yeah we would just we were obsessed with her and I just think she's the coolest and she gives such an incredible performance. Like it's just unforgettable. I mean, that's her interpretation of American women. It's just like mm -hmm. be a crazy person, right? It's mm -hmm. like coming from uh, the UK. It's just like to only, and it's funny. Like, I, I suppose there's something to that coming from the UK. You, you only have a certain view of American housewives. Yeah. And, um, women trying to be successful. Um, and this is, this might be just her, maybe intentionally or unintentionally, this could be her view of people that end up on the news and that we only see the me. And what I was surprised that the movie took a more of a formal direction in the first time I saw it, but what the media views victimhood and um, mm -hmm. betraying, situations of loss um yeah definitely lost, uh, definitely innocence, i suppose with this yeah to the fox news of it all the uh tl tlc like uh ex um uh what's the word not gratification um um exploitive treatment of crime and murder Mm -hmm. and domestic violence i mean yeah i forgot i got how 
it was kind of ahead of its time honestly Mm -hmm. like well i mean the tlc stuff like the real exploitation of this kind of like industry was getting to its height i mean like now we have crime podcasts that are always number one like anytime right uh it's either some like you know right-wing nut or it's a uh or it's a podcast about your favorite murders or whatever right. and you know that's a whole other topic but it is or something our culture is obsessed with and yeah. it's that obsession <clears throat> that is gross when you really get to the core of it and the in the movie i forgot is so heavily talking or analyzing and showing that a uh, gross obsession that we have as like i mean i can't say it's uniquely american and but it's most it's it's pretty American, like it's this pretty real American. obsession with murder and domestic violence. Yeah, I mean, it does. I feel like it would happen in other uh, places, mostly in Western society, but um, it is. Uh, it's just it, it became a like an, an industrial complex, basically, yeah. of just how can we make the most money off of talking about the most murders and let's make sure that we focus on like you know the m- women who are murdered because that you know that uh that brings up the most ratings that it mm-hmm. gets the most attention that gets the most empathy and so it's this weird like gross cycle um that i just forgot how much the movie interrogated because it's just like my memory of it was mostly just like the thriller of it all the real right. like bare bones twist here twist there and i'm you know, sure psycholog- I, like your memory psychological was... damage here psycho- mm-hmm. psychological damage there and that whole like excuse me um that whole the bare bones of a thriller basically is what i mostly yeah. remembered from this movie and i didn't i forgot the total like the whole real uh, take if you will the whole viewpoint of american media right. i think that must be with a lot of people because like when you think about Gone Girl, so many years, uh, uh, seven years on, it's like, yeah, like um, Amy slitting uh, the throat of mm-hmm. Jesse, yeah, okay. yeah, and it's and it's like that's the big shocking reveal. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, really, it could be just that, <laughs> or um, or Amy's the, still like alive, the twist, like, like the first like real yeah. twist, yeah. or yeah. like oh, the, the last the half twist. hour when Amy comes yeah. back, like like that could be like the shocking moments. Um, and yeah, I, I'm with you with everything that interrogates that you're not really prepared for. Because Fincher kind of gets into similar territory in Zodiac, making Robert Graysmith really the lead of the back half of the movie. And um, he's not like a detective or a reporter. He's just some guy that <laughs> that's interested <laughs> in the Zodiac Killer. And he becomes taken full obsessive mode in his, in his life because of it. Right. And we kind of see that... Robert Graysmiths are controlling the news now. Like they don't want to put down this this case because it it just it gets ratings rather than gets solved. And um, maybe the news is more aware of how many Robert Graysmiths there are, and maybe we've all become Robert Graysmiths. Like I do. That's a great point, Jeff. Because he Robert Graysmith seems like to like in the Zodiac. He seems to be one of the like the. Lone, the By the way, whoever's listening, Robert Graysmith with Jake Gyllenhaal's character. <laughs> yeah, in Zodiac. Yeah. Um, but, like, he he is, like, it seems like he's the lone wolf. He's, like, the obsessive person of that case. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like... it. Like, the person who's not, like, besides Mark Ruffalo, who's obviously a detective, like, he's the... It feels like he's the only one in the world who's just obsessed with this case. 
Um, and, but like in Gone Girl, it's zoomed out so much more. It's so much more right. like it, like there's f- like a huge fan club of Robert Graysmiths. Like the whole that whole like um, I forget what the t- TV show of Missy Missy Pyle's TV show is called, but how like um, how Amy Dunn like leaves a co- like a comment on one of their forums or whatever of like that of like a fan page of that show. Like how there's this actual community of Robert Graysmiths that fuel their own television shows and their own viewership and their their own demographic, mm-hmm. um, and it, they've also like infested most of culture. Uh, it's yeah, no, it definitely ha- it is very much akin to that obsessive connection between like murder and you know Joe Schmo, someone who's not connect and doesn't it's not their job, it's not their profession, it's not their career interest. It's just like a hobby. It's this weird infatuation of violence. Um, right. And like, especially like domestic violence is def- uh, a highlight that that is different between Zodiac. Cause Zodiac is just like a real, you know, serial killer. Like it's a procedural. The, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I forgot what my real point was. Um, but yet there is that real connection of what if everyone was Robert Graysmith? What if everyone was, had this weird, obsessive um connection to um violence in america yeah and i and i mean we kind of touched on it earlier but there's this interview with fincher and he's just like the foundation of my career has been that people are perverts and mm-hmm. i explore a new pervert every movie <laughs> right it's and maybe um, his most famous quote yeah i think yeah yeah possibly um, yeah it's just worth <laughs> restating yeah because he, yeah. he's he's right in a way. Because there's there's some part of us that that is addicted to something that we believe that we can never do. Mm-hmm. Um, America and itself I think, is a perverted yeah. society. Right. It's pure. It's like it's one of the more perverse societies to ever exist. In the sense of not in like not just in like a sexual way, but just in our gratuitous obsessions. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and know, I think it's, we just it's, overdo it. Yeah, it's right. something that Nick realizes in himself that it's just like because I'm not a murderer and I didn't go over the edge and throw Amy's body into a river, I'm still a bad person. Like I, right. I, I commit infidelity. And, um, I wasn't there. I wasn't responsible. I wasn't attentive. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think about her feelings enough. And uh, that's not to, obviously that's not to say Amy is off the hook. It's just like. <laughs> It's reinforcing the fact that you don't you don't have to um, you don't have to be what the the media sees in you to be completely clean, and that's a really fascinating idea. Yeah, I I think that's why Fincher doing Gone Girl is so interesting because you know in the hands of like a more generic director or something like I could definitely see them you know, villainizing Amy even more um, because people who, you know, obviously she's, you know, an anti-hero. She's not good, but I feel like people who just call her a villain, um, does that make Nick the hero? And I don't think so. I think it's more complex than that because that's how it was written. And it's much more clear at the end of the book um, because near the end of the movie, I remember in the theater, people were like calling her a bitch, um, like multiple people. And I was like, it made me smile, honestly, just because I think, you know, fic- fictionally speaking, she's such a good, like, a complex character. But at the end of the book, it's much more clear that Nick chooses 
to stay with Amy instead of just being like boxed in. Um, so they, they really, they really make that clear that like, they do it a little bit in the movie, but I feel like a lot of people that had expectations for the ending, I feel like for, especially Fincher's filmography, it has one of those endings kind of like Zodiac. That's like, okay, well, you don't get it wrapped up in a bow. It's just kind of, you know, that morbid realism. That's like, you know, this is just how it ends. Cut the credits. You know what I mean? Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. They just roll the credits. And I remember the theater, I think people w went like, they made a noise collectively. They went, oh, like that. Like, I, I remember that because, <laughs> <laughs> because they were like, they wanted something more. They wanted Amy to get, you know, yeah. they wanted justice basically. And I think that's why it was such a good pair, Jillian and, and Fincher. I think they just, they made a really good film out of already complex material and and characters and it's just the fact that like you know it's it's such an interesting look at a relationship and different people take different things out of it like i've known a lot of people that just say oh she's crazy you know like the ants i spoke of earlier they read the book i told them read this book and they both just went oh she's horrible she's crazy you know and i do think she is you know <laughs> a sociopath pretty much or something like it but um i think there's more to be Some taken kind of from it rather illness, than sure. yeah i i think it's more than just like boxing the two of them in and being like oh poor guy or you know she it's just it's very complex and they make it really clear um in the book as well that when they started dating and amy does say this in her cool girl speech in the movie um when they started dating they were both putting on a character. They were like playing a role to attract each other. Um, but when they started playing that role, they found it hard to drop that. And the specific thing about Amy, especially because Nick does it as well. He's not, he's not innocent here. He, he was definitely putting on a role for many years with her, but Amy has been putting on a role since she was very young. And they make it really clear in the book that she doesn't know who she really is. Um, not that she's lost, but because she does it on purpose. She chooses her roles with different people, different relationships with men, the role she plays I with I missed her the parents. tryouts and she made the varsity team. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so, yeah. so with Nick, it's, they always, they tried to, to win each other over and it worked. And a few years pass and suddenly you know their true selves inevitably start to come out and they start to resent each other and hate each other um and yeah i just i just think that's that's why it's it's such a complex movie because the more i see it and the older i get i'm like i'm still getting things out of this like i'm still dissecting it differently every mm. time you know i'm still seeing the characters in different lights every time you know it's it's just I think it's it's the gift that keeps on giving, <laughs> I guess in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think My, that the performance. Um, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> really, me? Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Go ahead, you. Right. The performance is absolutely with every character. In, I mean, everybody's and they're actors, like they're these are roles, but they're also like the characters are are playing another role in mm -hmm. the situation I, su I suppose so it's um because there's there's a part that nick realizes that it's like wait i, I can't just be myself like everyone mm -hmm. says be yourself but i can't be myself i need to be the person 
that everybody doesn't expect me to be. And right. I think that's really interesting. Um, the part that uh, he's about to go on the talk show and uh, Emily Rachowski's character breaks and she's like, oh. I had sexual relations with uh, <laughs> Nick Dunn. And he's like, no way, I got this. And that's where the light bulb goes off. And, um, mm-hmm. and he's like, I-, I need to put on a show for for everybody to to be like, no, I, I-, I am. And, and, it's, and it's, yeah, we find out that he knew that she was still alive. And, and this was some practical joke. But he was just telling her what he what she wanted to know. I think there's something really interesting to that. And the first thing is like they're two very fucked up people. Like, mm-hmm. um, like we hear really, like we hear. <laughs> yeah, Tyler on. Perry says legitimately, um, like yeah, you are the two yeah, most yeah. fucked up people I've ever known. <laughs> it's very funny that self awareness, but it's it's also like he still doesn't. He still plays into the performance even more. It's not like he like tears down the whole show and it's just like amy dunn you're out there i know you i'm gonna find you and you're gonna go and you know it could be like something so much more dramatized than that um yeah i think Um, think all the beans yeah i my like we were talking about lucy you're talking about labels of like it's it's much more complex than that and Mm -hmm. i 100 percent agree but if i was told you must label these two characters as villain, hero, anti-hero, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think they're both villains. I yeah. think they're both legitimately villains. And I, I, I'm not saying I, maybe maybe uh, uh, Amy is a little more villainous since she murders a guy. Um, but <laughs> I think what like what Nick does is also pretty villainous in the sense of how cynical he is with the media and how basically he lies at any moment he can he also he he plays into her game he's not right. this altruistic person who steps back and try and like and like relies on his morals he plays into the game so he can get ahead he does what she he he's playing the game just that's why she comes back is because exactly she, because he's playing the same like or like he's doing the same thing that she is mm-hmm. he's operating on the same level they're, it's like cat and mouse. They are, you know, they're connected in a way that is more than what he... It, like, he's more connected to her than he's connected with any other character. Yeah. Even though he loves his sister, even though, like, you know, he ha- he's, you know, he seems pretty... He cares uh, for his dad. Yeah, exactly. He seems buddy-buddy with uh, Tyler Perry's character. Like, but he's the one... But, like, those two are kind of made for each other with how manipulative, cynical... And, and it's almost just, like he doesn't realize it. Like it takes this whole thing to happen to exactly. To out, like, oh wait, I, oh yeah, I do it's have a, wake a up form call. of psycho- psychopathy. And he doesn't want to admit it. Rosemont, like uh, Amy Dunn, is very full aware of how fucked up she is and how like she just knows what she wants. He doesn't, right? And right. he and she has to tell him what he wants. Um, and that's when he can figure it out. But like he, the way he adapts to this whole situation. And the decision he makes, it shows that he is, if anything, he is not, the, he's just not the hero. I, 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 right. I can't, I just can't see that. He yeah, drops his Fincher morals like as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fincher doesn't like heroes, you know, so it's, it's like by default, they're just bad people 
living yeah. in a bad situation that they caused for themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no outside yeah. force here. <laughs> That that's that's what's so interesting when you yeah continue to analyze it. It's like Nick was never a victim. He he's like always wanted to play her game. He's always wanted to be on her level. Um, he chose that from day one. Um, the first conversation they had, like he's always wanted it on some level. And Clay was totally right about just like you know I've never thought about that, but he didn't. You know, the, basically the whole story is just him not realizing that he's fucked up. You know, he thinks, you know, I'm from Missouri. I'm just yeah. a normal guy, you know, and she tricked me. And I mean, yes, she did. There are some degrees of that. I'm not, you know, saying she's innocent at all, but you know, she's just aware of what she wants and who she is and who they are to each other. It's not just like we are our honest selves, you know, like a healthy relationship is we are our honest selves and we still like each other, but for them it's, you know, we like the roles that we want each other to play. We want to be the people um, that the other one likes, the person that the other person likes. There's there's so many complexities of like layers of just fucked up lying and manipulation and um, yeah. And Amy says it herself. I mean, he got lazy. And what she really means by that is not like he was laying around playing video games. She means like he stopped trying, you know, he stopped trying to be the person that she fell in love with. And he so at the, playing the game, he stopped playing the game because yeah, he came home and he, he got he comfortable didn't, he didn't and he live started up to the cheating. Yeah. Exactly. So he's, he dropped his role. He dropped the ball and she gave up, you know, all that stuff for him. And to her, it's like currency. You know, I moved away from New York for you. I did this for you, but what are you going to give me? Are you going to even keep playing your role? And he didn't. And that's why she's so upset, which obviously there's levels of, you know, her being kind of a messed up, but I just think it's interesting that, yeah, he finally does realize that. And when he does, yeah, in the book, they make it a lot more clear that he's just kind of, he's kind of at peace. He's like, okay, I, I can't be with anyone else. She is right about that. Like he won't admit it to her or even really to his sister, but he thinks something along the lines of, you know, I can't just be, she's right. I can't just be with a, a regular girl, a nice girl. He wants someone fucked up. He wants the manipulation. And yeah, it's definitely, you know, the, the whole movie is just basically about toxicity in a relationship and manipulation and how not to have a relationship in real life. It's not like an example, but I think for fictional purposes, it's just so riveting to, to have someone like Fincher and, and Jillian Flynn who created it to just like really get like dig into that because I feel like there are so many, you know, pieces of mm -hmm. art that dive into the dark aspects of a relationship, but rarely do they get so honest about, yeah, what the other people, what one of them expects from the other, I think is, is a big part of it. I remember a few takes where like, this movie just doesn't like relationships at all, like good, or, <laughs> like good or bad. Because, um, I mean, it goes it goes with their thinking that Fincher doesn't like people, and that's that still remains true. Because um, in because there's a lot to the gender dynamics here. Mm -hmm. Like I, I mentioned a few times how much of a Dateline episode this resembles, and I can almost hear like Keith Morrison introducing like the episode. Like there was once a man and a wife. They lived in a large estate in Missouri, you know, so it's, um, <laughs> but you would almost think that 
the man in in the Dateline episode this could resemble, you know, loses his wife and the killer is still out there. Um, he looks suspicious, but there wasn't enough evidence to con- to convict him, so they let him go, and they're still on the hunt for the killer. But what if the Dateline episode had a twist that <laughs> that we didn't see coming? Um, that there was a dark secret, and then you know we see the cool girl monologue, and and so it's it's like all these things add up. Um, so then I think a uh, like a inside baseball sort of sort of deal that we see we see the inner workings of of a Dateline episode and mm-hmm. there's there's something interesting that plays with our expectations that he try he tries to fit in with with every movie um yeah cuz he looks so guilty and and that's that's what that's why he, he was cast and it's it's so with interesting that Netflix effect Nick, yeah exactly yeah I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get to Ben of course <laughs> Um, cause this movie is about the concept of Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> um, I think you were talking earlier about like takes of, oh, well, Fincher doesn't like relationships and I get that. Um, I don't, I'm guessing Gillian doesn't like them either. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I do think this movie is insanely cynical. I love it. It's cynical as fuck. Cause basically Amy Dunn's whole perception of marriage is this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and I'm not saying Amy speaks for the movie or speaks for Fincher or speaks for uh, Jillian, but I, wait, is it Jillian or Gillian? I, I, I'm, I need to pick I one. I don't really know. I, we can just go back and forth. Cause I honestly, I'm going to go tell you. Yeah. Just I'm going to go back and, and forth. forth. I think <laughs> it's kind of funnier to go back happen. and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's Jillian's. Um, I don't know if it's her. Like, I don't think. She's speaking through Amy. I, I, right. I don't think it's that simplistic, but it there is. But it it does show marriage to be this hypocrite. Uh, not maybe not hypocritical, but like it's a show. It's all mm-hmm. it's just like it's just performing. Uh, like whole movies about performing, performing for others, performing to society, performing to the media, performing to your siblings or whatever. It's just all this performance. I mean, right. there's a shot. Um, I, I forget when, but it's probably like, it's probably like right after um, Amy comes home, like the camp and like, it's, it's at his house and it just is yeah. like huge yeah, zoom one. out. Yeah. It's just like it's huge awesome. wide yeah. shot. And it's it like, it's gone with the wind, away, you know, it, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like it, so it's grandiose epic. Yeah, no, it's framed in a way like it's you're just super zoomed out on the house, and you just see them like just tiny and fr- on, uh, in uh, in front of the front door, and it looks like it's a fucking playset. Just the way it's yeah, framed, it looks honestly. like it's a bar- it's like a like Barbie a house. house or some shit. Yeah, like mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. They're playing Barbie. They're playing. Ma- they're playing uh, pretend. It's not fucking real. It's mm-hmm. this. It's all this. I know. I'm. I'm sorry to sound yeah. like this huge cynic, but that's what this movie give, gives yeah. me is this huge cynical. Well, no, you sound like Fincher. Yeah. I do sound like Fincher. I mean, I've always said that I sound like Fincher, but now it's more than ever. Um, <laughs> you sound like a fifty-year-old like, man. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I'm fifty. Um, but it is this weird just show that they put on for the media ex- explicitly, and at, and it used to be for each other, but now they're actually. I don't know yeah. if they're performing for each other now, now since they actually understand each other's motives and they That's exactly understand it. each other more. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean they're not going to 
Totally. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're not going to play or perform for each other down the road. You know, who mm-hmm. knows what happens after the credits roll in this movie. Um, but it is, but they are for for once in their relationship, not pretending. Yeah. Um, I love that scene, yeah. too. Like, she has everything planned out. Like, it, they're about to go on the door, and then she turns back and has that little wave, and everyone applauds. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. yay! Yeah. It's like, oh my god, she's still keeping this up. Um, and then I think the very next scene, or a few scenes after, um, I know, it's a few scenes after, uh, it's when they're in the shower, um, and it's to make sure he doesn't have a wire on, Mm-hmm. Um, she's explaining why she came back to the house that the Nick Dunn on television is the Nick Dunn that she fell in love with. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, I remember that scene going into the film was like, that was the Affleck dong shot that I thought I was going <laughs> to get, but I Almost. guess I, maybe I miss a bunch of times, but I still like, we were like not pervy to, to that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I think, yeah, it's it's, fun. it's funny. I remember that was a big thing, too. Was that a big thing, or am I making that It up? was. No, it definitely I can't was. Rem- I, I really don't remember. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Did I don't you black out your, your like, relationship with this movie, Clay? Discourse. <laughs> I feel like I kind of have, because I just haven't rewatched it since, and, I, and I've and i always, like, wow. I, well, I, I love that movie. It was seven when's years ago. It's a long time. <laughs> when's the last time you saw it? I was, like, 14, but I think I, I'm pretty sure I love that movie. But it's like, <laughs> do I? I don't know. I, I just have, I've always, it's always been with me, but I've never really thought about it too much. Mm-hmm. And I've never, like, anytime anyone brings it up, I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah, good movie, good movie. But I've ne- it's weird. It's it's a bizarre relationship I have with it. I remembered quite a bit of it, like, while watching it. I'm like, yeah, no, I remember this, I remember this. Mm-hmm. But but there are those details where I'm just like, oh, yeah, there's this whole plot line of her in, like, fucking Arizona or some shit. I don't right. know where, but, like, the Ozarks. Some state where she's dealing with the Ozarks. Yeah, she's yeah. dealing with these two southern hooligans just, you know ripping her off or whatever. Yeah. Nolens from Nolens. No, yeah. Nolens. <laughs> wow. She really, I don't know, like, I don't know why Amy thought that would have been a good move. Like, you're going right. to do a Nolens accent? Really? It's so specific. Yeah. Like, she, she, she really almost, like, show. she almost got away with it too. Yeah. To, uh, if it wasn't for those meddling hillbillies. <laughs> meddling hillbillies. I do love how they don't make her into like this superhero in that whole thing. It shows yeah. that like right. yes, she prepared for this. Yes, she's like insane. Yes, she is like hyper focused and hyper obsessive. But she's not like she doesn't have like espionage skills. Like she's right. not like a CIA agent. She's still like Amy Dunn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she gets it's like conned how, by them. Looking back on Fincher's work, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, go ahead. Great, Sorry, yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, I notice so many things that otherwise, seeing his movies for the first time, you wouldn't notice because you know how his work ethic goes specifically, right? So mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the, when they're at the golf course and she's um, <laughs> and they're playing golf. But, like, how many times must have that golf ball, like, once that whole just right or, like, when Nick <sighs> right. backs in his car – into exactly. a driveway like how, what did they do to get or like perfect position or, that he wants to get or like when affleck or i know like gummy the gummy bear, bear thrown in his mouth like yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um 
I was also um, yeah, like, okay. They, two yeah. two things. There's so another one first... that I can't think of. Yeah, like when he throw when when she throw when she reveals that Amy was pregnant and he throws the glass. I know that took a bunch yeah. of Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I, I have a couple others that are famous. I have a couple thoughts. Uh, the first one I wanted to share a fun fact I forgot about the book that just really um, goes to show like how like so manipulative, like wildly manipulative Amy is. Um, I just read it earlier. In the book, she pretends to have an intense fear of blood for many years before she disappears herself. And that she did it so that the police, so that they would, she would throw them off her own trail so that they wouldn't think, oh, you know, she, she let herself bleed. She did it on purpose for many years. She was like, I'm afraid of blood. And she like would fake pass out. That was in the book. Isn't that wild? She's been planning this for years in the book. Not not even necessarily planning, just like she has things in her mind, like things in her corner, like in case I need to do this, in case I need to use that one day. Like, um, so she's, yeah, incredibly just intelligent and, and sharp. And the other thing is I actually caught, like the true weight of a detail caught me for the very first time. And if I had to guess, I'd say I've seen this movie and even, like, edited clips of it in various videos maybe, like, I don't even know, 10, 10 or more times at least. I've seen it many, many times, and I have, like, many scenes memorized. But for the first time, I really noticed a detail um, when she musses up. This is kind of obvious, but when she musses up Desi's hair right before he leaves... Um, that one of those last times we see him, she like musses up his hair and shirt and then bites his lip. And I used to just think, oh, she's just like playing with him, you know, like dangling, you know, she's just playing with him like a fish on a hook or something. But then I, it really hit me this time. Oh no, she wants to make it look like, you know, he had just gotten done doing something horrible to her on the cameras. And I'm like the levels to that. And just the fact that like, Amy is so calculating and such a perfectionist, and so is Finger, and I guess so is you know Gillian Flynn. I I googled it by the way. It's a hard G. <laughs> it's a hard G. You were right. So yeah, end of thought. But... That perfectionism, I didn't connect to Fincher. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. What a weirdo! <laughs> what an absolute weirdo! He is a very God. weird guy. He is. We we have to say it once in a while to remind ourselves. <laughs> right. I think there's something to that, like a strange a stranger of a person making movies this good and this warmly accepted. Um. Yeah, it's just it's just an interesting concept. <laughs> nobody normal can make something this um, strenuous. Yeah, exactly. And I was just thinking earlier when we I, were But I don't touching... know what normal means. So I guess like I guess like I guess when I think of normal, I mean like imagine how like Spielberg would have adapted Gone Girl. You know, if he even chose sure. to adapt something right. that dark, it would be very like, you know, very classically shot and just kind of a little bit dry, but I think that's why I've always really liked David Fincher. I think that if I... Spielberg adapted this, it would be like <laughs> the goodness of 
of the, <laughs> the prosecutor and it would be like focused on Tyler exactly. Perry. Like, be, I'm gonna bring it to court and Nick is and innocent. the cops. Yeah, like, yeah it's we're, we're like all it would Frank be like Capra. from like yeah, yeah, yeah. Boney's perspective and like I gotta solve the case, you know what I mean? Um but yeah, I think yeah, that's she why has, I've always... she has like troubles with her kids or something. Yeah. <laughs> I've always really liked Fincher's filmography because it's so bleak because at the end of the day, like I've run into a lot of people um that just say like I only like movies that make me happy or like give me some light entertainment. They don't like anything too serious anything too dramatic and i obviously love drama because they i want everything film. wrapped up in a nice bow exactly yeah. that like the people in the audience i saw it with and yeah. i think for me i would rather things be bleak i would rather you know not necessarily all the time you know i like yeah. paddington and stuff like that no, but I'm like with you though i'm with you yeah but like you, you know what i mean because i think the the director that's I think for myself, just you you want to be challenged and you want you want yeah. things to be like provocative and stuff like that. That's exactly yeah. it. I want to be challenged and I want Yeah. No, uh to see like characters that are like you know, morally ambiguous and just like just completely messed up mm -hmm. and dark. And I feel like that's why I'm I'm really embracing that recently because I think um because of Mank mostly, but uh Lynn Ramsey just like uh bested fincher i think on my my favorite directors list as of right now um because i just think her stuff is so yeah. so good um and yeah i love think the lynn. two of them love her yeah love lynn i think the two of them have a same scottish the scottish same vein queen. scottish queen absolutely so yeah i love it bleak and i feel like gone girl is not necessarily his most um accessible film but i mean there's not as much you know, bloodshed or anything is some of some of his movies, like he compared to like Dragon Tattoo or something. But every every time he does something, it's funny how accessible if... Seven is. That being said, <laughs> like it's, it's yeah, kind of kind of like wow, I can't believe that's the most or like that was. I mean, that movie's fucking gnarly. No, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. About like, it's just the fact that how gnarly it is once yeah. in a while, and it's fucking gnarly. It is. It definitely is. Uh, so yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I guess I'll end my thought. But yeah, I just like. <laughs> I like things to be yeah. bleak. <laughs> no, I get that. It's. I used to be pretty into it as well. I don't know if that's changed, but quarantine and just like the last year, it's weird. I've been trying to look for more comfort stuff, but I, there so are times, true. there are like moments where I do just like, I need something so incredibly bleak and cynical and dark <laughs> so I can just get. It's so it it can be more absorbing when it's something happy. Mm -hmm or something like placid and like you enjoy it, but it is something you feel like you're still, there's a bit of distance to it sometimes, but when it's something is really like, is engrossing and cynical and dark mm -hmm. and like um, nihilistic, maybe it is something you kind of just, it, it, it makes it more not captivating, but like it closes off the outside world a little more for some yeah. reason to me. It, it makes me more centered into the like atmosphere of the movie. If it's like, it, like if it's, pure dread and um uh, negativity um and so like i mean fincher does have that it's it's it, it's intoxicating sometimes that yeah just like that pure just this fucking sucks or this is like you know it's just <laughs> that pure feeling of dread i mean like that's why like i think denis has a, a mm. the following he does right now um uh denny v 
Yeah. What does he mean? Like prisoners, people. I mean, yes. a lot of people don't like prisoners. One of my for, other favorites. For perfect for perfect reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like there's reasons like people just can't like I can't watch that movie because it is a it's just a slog right. of dark, depressive. You know, it, it, the mood really like bums me out, and I can't yeah. stand it. It's that's, and that's fine. I, I totally get it. Um, but there is that weird. But there, there is that connection to it that a lot of people have. That's why I think he's such a, a film. That's why he's such a like filmmaker who's already gained this huge following when it comes to like film Twitter and shit. Like, yeah. I remember you know, similar takes about Insan D, like the, the one the French Canadian movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, that's mm-hmm. that. Ugh, I just uh, feel gross after watching that. That that movie is so hard to watch, but movie. I it's definitely my favorite. Of, it's yeah, my favorite it's film. A really, of it's a really rough set. It's so rough. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. No, that's like it's a good one. It's a really solid. Yeah. No, it's yeah. good. Yeah, I, I think there is something to that. That um, like how comforting. Gone Girl can be, <laughs> and even like it goes back no, to that God. idea of like people being good at their jobs, and um, Nick isn't very good at this. Is the thing, <laughs> and, and I guess like you could say he's the he has the spotlight, um, and Amy just likes to think that she's good at this, but like we're saying, like she fumbles the ball sometimes throughout yeah. the journey. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, Less is focused on the the actual professionals of this whole thing, um, than is spent with the done couple. <laughs> so it's it's <laughs> like who we want to be rooting for and who is going to put this all away, right? Because like what is like let's let's say Nick killed Amy and and he's really the psychopath here, then mm-hmm. what? What is this? He gets all... caught day one. Morning, yeah, right. He gets caught day one. Then because he's a clown. Like, what is it all <laughs> building towards? Other, other than he's a clown. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's just another husband after... who hates his wife. You know? Yeah, it's but funny. post Amy's return, but post Amy's return, I bet he gets away with it. Yeah, yeah, mm. true. Because he's played the game. Possibly, he's yeah. From the best, he understands. He's like finally in it. He's, I mean, maybe not as effective as Amy because she's like kind of this whole other beast, um, of like in the way she thinks and an- analyzes like uh, possible situations and outcomes. Yeah. yeah. But like he, the I do that think though that since so he's gotten a taste, he's gotten a taste of it. He's yeah. gotten a taste of uh, that. That the I keep saying the game and uh, and it's ironic as is a David Fincher yeah, movie. Michael Fain, Michael um, Douglas played the game, not Ben yeah. Affleck. <laughs> but that, but that level of operating, that level of showmanship, that level of uh, cynicism and um, think in like human analysis, Nihilism, because really, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, true. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. yeah, I I think I think he's I think he could probably not do as maybe as a good job as amy but i think he get away with it now after like what i mean after the move like after amy returned and after he's laid everything out on the table he's still he's he's risen to her level maybe not as not maybe not quite yet but he's getting really really close i mean that's why she came back in the first place she's like right oh he's actually like he's close to me he's like my it, it does. It is this like hero, like villain relationship, and not saying anyone here is the villain or the hero, yeah. the villain or the hero, but that whole like, you know, you, you're the only one. You're the, my only intellectual equal in a sense yeah. of how you know, like our, the our 
manipulation. It's a weird skills. you complete me sort of sort of. Yeah. It really is. No, it is like it is kind of like yeah. It's like it's like they can't have like that's that's the whole reason why he doesn't leave her or doesn't like kill her or like go to the police or whatever. It's because right. he understands like you were talking about earlier, Lucy, and like. It, even though it might be more explicit in the book, it's also pretty, like, it, it shows in the movie when he's talking yeah. with um, his sister how, like, kind of, how accept, like, calm he is with the whole idea of it. And mm-hmm. he's accepted that she is the one for him, even though it might be, like, he, even though he he's worried if he's gonna, like, it's, like, his he's gonna die in the middle of the night or whatever. He's worried, like, he locks his door. Like, he's still, like, frightened, but he knows that this is his only real way of like a full existence in his in his life in his body in his mind um yeah no it's like it's very there's just a lot of layers to this whole thing of what like why are they so good for each other why why Mm -hmm. aren't they not like why does nick not just go to the police why does nick you know like even though they say in the film pretty explicitly of like well you know he'd be shunned from public life blah 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 but if he really cares if he but if if he was really scared of her, if he really didn't want to be with her, he would still sacrifice that stuff. It's right. not like it's some crazy. It's not like you know. If he really thought she was gonna that he, she was gonna kill him, or thought that like he couldn't survive this, or thought right. that this was pure torture, he would then probably be like, "All right, I guess I'm going to be shunned from public life or whatever. I guess it's going to follow me till the end of my days." But yeah. But he secretly knows that, oh, no, this is, like, my, like, this is what I want. And so I guess I just have to accept it. Yeah, yeah. I I totally... Yeah, like, ag- you just have that worst pit in your stomach when yeah. uh, she lays it all out in the last third. And he's basically handcuffed to the house. <laughs> She's like, I'm pregnant. You're, you're not going to leave a pregnant wife. You can't kill me. You can't divorce me. Um, yeah. You're you're not going to... Yeah, so it's it's just like he has to... They gotta play the parts again <laughs> for what they tried to avoid doing for two and a half hours. Um, right. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Lucy? Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I, um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I was thinking this viewing about how, like, not only, yeah, like, Nick could definitely leave her there in the last, uh, the last act, the end of the last act. Like, he could, you know, leap, pack up and leave in the middle of the night. But, like, I was thinking of, about this viewing, like, Amy didn't not have to come back. Like, she could have definitely dealt with Desi in a different way and just con- gone off and continued her plan and left Nick to fry. But just the fact that, yeah, he was talking to her on the TV, just the fact that she came back, I always thought that was ridiculous. And I also want to say, like, I, I think Clay made a really good point when it comes to, like, you know, them not being able to, you know, be without each other and just their perfect matches it reminded me a little bit about um like a recent trend in television especially um the narratives that um this is less of a like you know just a dissection of marriage and relationship but just like the complexities of relationships that hadn't been around before gone girl like in the mainstream um because like the recent one i can think of is uh killing eve and then Hannibal has it as well, which I haven't mm-hmm. seen it, but the two of them, you know, really go hand in hand. And I feel like, you know, Clay made me realize they're, they're very comparable to Gone Girl because, you know, it's not, it becomes eventually not just a cat and mouse, you know, it just, it's just way more complex than that. Um, 
so complex that you can't even like really understand their, their relationship or their bond. You can't even explain it. They can't explain it. Like when he was talking to his sister, like she was like, oh, you want to go back with her, with her. You want to be with her. And she was accepting that. And she's the one who said it because yeah. he couldn't say it. Um, the look Margot shoots him is so horrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I de- pure devastation. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, Gone Girl is I feel like for shows like Killing Eve and the way people talk about Hannibal, it's it's more like, you know, you know, the you get, you know, really entertained with watching that story unfold over different seasons. But when it comes to Gone Girl, you know, it's so it's such a nihilistic movie that by the end, yeah, the credits roll and you just kind of like, okay, what do I, what am I going to take from this? You know, what do I feel like, like taking from the fact that they're just going to have to be miserable together forever or put on a show forever or yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting, you know? When do I show this for the first, when do I show this on a first date? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I think you do wonder like, (laughs) If Nick never went on TV and essentially spoke to Amy, Amy, uh, just with another person in the room, yeah, um, what, like, what happens? Yeah, you, you, yeah, that's a really interesting thought. Yeah, because um, yeah, he's just he just gets he just keeps digging, digging himself an even bigger hole. Right, but he can't help himself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I guess maybe we could touch on the the movie's, like, feminist views, because I know that was a big discourse thing. Yeah. Back in 2014. Um, I don't know. I, I remember people being, yeah, very excited about it, and I was friends with a lot of, you know, women that were really into it. Um... But I, I don't know. I've never really seen Amy as, like, you know, a feminist icon or anything like that. Because she's, like, she's definitely, like, a yeah. sociopath. If not a villain or anti-hero, you know, she definitely <laughs> has her, her problems, to say the least. Um, I feel like the reason I like her so much is similar to, yeah, just to compare again, this is the only thing I can bring up, but uh, Villanelle and, like, Killing Eve. It's like a complex character that, you know, you, you n- are not necessarily rooting for. It's just that you're so, in like, enamored by their character that you're like, I need to see, like, where this is going. And then it's like, okay, I can have fun with this because it's fiction. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, for me, it's always been uh, yeah. less about, yeah, thinking Gone Girl is feminist or or misogynistic, even I remember there was a flip side to that, you know, because Nick's character, you know, his father is kind of hates women and he thinks to himself in the book a lot, you know, do I hate women? I do a little bit. And he, you know, he has that line where he's like, I wish women would stop. What is it? Analyzing me, I think, or something like that. Um, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there, there's definitely, I think Gillian Flynn is really good at, um, kind of flipping gender roles around so that you don't really know where you end up because she does it with pretty, I would say all her books, but this one, especially because it's about, you know, a straight married couple, um, and the complexities there. Mm. But yeah, I just think, I don't know. I don't really remember the, the topic of conversation when it came to the feminist analysis. I try to stay away from that because yeah, I kind of take on girl for, for what it is. And, 
I, I like Amy Dunn just in such a like fictional context. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. try to avoid it too. It, it's mm. more just like I know it was a topic of conversation, so I figure like we'd be remiss to not well totally I think bring it up. Internet culture, when it comes to media, it has this tendency. So like the cool the cool girl speech is a very feminist idea like speech. It, it's mm-hmm. preaching a lot of feminist ideas of how men basically invent this girl that all girls like have to be in order mm-hmm. to like fulfill their met like you know like uh, met, uh man's wish or whatever like as the idea of i ate um, pizza and watched adam sandler movies yeah exactly <laughs> like there's this expectation yeah. that almost like every woman is given like unilaterally like it's all this like uniform like well cool girls act this way mm-hmm. and it's this only it's this thing where like it's this expectation that uh, it permeates in almost like you know in american society in general um mm-hmm. but like that that whole speech and she does bring up points that are very feminist it, like you know the idea of how um her or like him cheating on her with uh this like or, mm, how do i say this so like that thing there's this huge flashback when she's talking to lola kirk about like her getting cheated on and that flashback of her seeing him with uh, his student mm-hmm. and doing the thing on the lips with um, uh, in the snow. The sugar. Yeah, sugar exactly. Sugar storm, yeah. The, that idea of men Great basically... Great song on the soundtrack, too. Of men manipulating women with these shows of chivalry and romanticism, but don't mm-hmm. really make it as unique to any... Like, it's just this <laughs> move they have... Right. To you know, um, to like, it, it's very cynical, and it's ve- and so her like that examination of it in that like, and that and po- her pointing out how fucked up that is. Yeah, it is feminist, but like a character like that, and like you you said, uh, Villanelle, mm-hmm. making like feminist like have maybe some feminist ideology or uh, make very feminist uh, points in their dialogue or you know in, in their discussions. That doesn't mean they're feminist icons. I think internet culture likes to like run away with it. Like, right. Basically, oh, they said something very. They said something that uh, very uh, like that. It's very close to this certain ideology. So they must be this. So they are an icon. They represent this ideology, this movement. But it's not. But like people can say whatever the fuck they want. They can uh, say something that supports whatever ideology uh, they, they want, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that they represent that group or that, you know, that movement, that ideology. It's much mm-hmm. more complex. Sometimes you could just bring up a good point and sometimes you can like, it, it, it doesn't have to be the whole definition of the characters. It just because Amy Dunn says some feminist things doesn't mean she is a feminist. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean she is this, like, you know, like she is the, uh, a feminist icon is like, like you said, like there was that whole thing with, you know, girl boss, that kind of shit. Where it just it gets it gets gets it gets too much. It gets grouped in. People run yeah. away with it. There's no calm conversation about right. that actual like how the ideology and how those points are presented in the movie and what that character represents. It just it just there's a label there's a label thrown on it. There's a label thrown on that character, and they're just instantly propped up in a lot of like internet subcultures to be well, they're this person. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And so like I guess yeah, like you can so throw I, in yeah. the the girls from Big Little Lies too. Like, it's more of yeah, like that sort of idea you know, of standing up to men right. and nope. defeating them in the way that they f- see fit 
uh, that's like really vague, but um, <laughs> no, yeah, I I feel it. I me. think yeah. no. Sorry, did you want to finish? No, no, no. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, for just checking. Um, I, yeah. Before I forget, I just wanted to say like I was reminded of. Uh, I don't know if either of you saw. I care a lot. The Rosamund Pike movie that came out recently. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I a perfect seen it, tie-in. But I've heard. No. Yeah, no. I've heard no. some shit things <laughs> about it. No, no, it's it's a perfect no. tie-in. Like whether you think the movie think, is I don't, I don't good or not, uh, I think it's a perfect tie-in just to Amy Dunn because, like, we're doing this conversation almost to nearing a decade after Gone Girl and it's the same conversation again about a similar character where people are like I don't like this movie because yeah it's a girl boss movie and it's like no they she's very much a bad person like her character is so much a bad person and yeah I I liked the movie a bit um just because it reminded me of the movie Bad Education where it's like you know I think it's it's getting more Mm -hmm. more mainstream to you know show kind of complex bad people you know, and how they manipulate people and how they lie and Working how they systems, steal. Right. Exactly. I think bad education is just like, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, I think better bad education is just better made for me. I, I think it's just. You you saw I care a lot. Yeah, I did actually. Um, oh, okay. But I, I'm. I think I care a lot is just like a poorly constructed. Um, <laughs> bad education. It, it, it does. I think it's trying to say. Yeah, but no, but bad education is much better for me. Um, yeah, but I feel I, it. Yeah, yeah. I care a lot. Is definitely like she's trying to do the Amy Elliott Dunn thing again, but it's mm-hmm. it's just like in worse hands. It's yeah, the whole oh. thing is just. No, you're definitely you're definitely right. Yeah, I never meant to like, you know, even say that the movie was good. It was just it's interesting that you know we're still having these conversations because you know i think it's valid that some people i did see a couple people that were like you know i don't like the movie because she's a horrible person and i mean that's a valid thought like it's it is what it is but you know i don't know it's just interesting that she was doing a similar thing to amy dunn again and it was received in a Mm -hmm. way the same way you know what i mean i feel like i don't know complexities because maybe Amy is just standing up to Nick while, um, oh man. Um, and I care a lot. She's, she's just like taking Marla, advantage of the I most think. helpless. Yeah. Um, just Marla, horrible. Yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that sounds right. She's just the helpless, um, most like deceiving character that like the spine, like sp- she has no re- redemption. I think, and I think Amy's redemption comes from how shitty of a husband Nick is um, <laughs> and how she she legit is mistreated um and there is credence to like fighting back against uh someone who isn't living up to their end of the vows but it's like yeah, yeah you, you shouldn't go on this rampage this revenge <laughs> tour just to prove a point and cause the media circus to get involved and police right. and lawyers. It, it's yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's just, it's also a fantasy, you know, as much as is a procedural. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. The whole conversation of, uh, you know, white feminism, fem- feminism in general, mm-hmm. and how that's depicted in media and how it's become like, 
corporatized and like mainstream, so to speak, and how it's like the soul of a lot of movies and how it rubs people right. the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, it is like and um, the reason there's why that tweet I... a little bit ago from Amazon, um, like pictures, not the Amazon corporate. It's it was like uh, we can only think of. Don't you ever think of Elizabeth Olsen in Wind River? And it's just like her looking old, like. <laughs> Like in the snow, and it's just like okay, you're completely <laughs> just because yeah. wind, wind river. He's completely mis mis misguiding mm-hmm. like what the movie's about. It's just because like, you just because you have a girl leading your movie doesn't mean it's what a the, girl what boss movie, <laughs> right? Just because it's a white yeah. woman doesn't make it a girl boss. <laughs> um, oh god, that was a catastrophe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's that tone deafness of, like, I mean, I think, I haven't seen it care a lot, but what I heard, it's, like, mostly just, like, is the mood, like, how it celebrates, or not celebrates, but somewhat respects the main character. I, I don't know. Right. But, like, that whole idea of, like, you know, uh, what... I think there is some level of respect for Marla. Yeah, I guess, she, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I guess yeah. it's somewhat apt. A um, little bit, yeah. You know, not to reinforce the main take, but Christmas in his suits, approval. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there, there's this whole idea of this trend, I should say, of like girl boss movies and mm-hmm. like using feminism as a, like a corporate product rather than an actual ideology that is celebrated in like a movement. Yeah. It's used it's as the selling point of look, yeah. feminism, here's a movie. Um, right. it's, um, it, but I think what the difference between Gone, like Gone Girl to me is. I don't know if it's like a uh, the ideology. The ideology of it is it a feminist movie? I don't. I feel like it's just more. I don't know how to quite say this, but like Amy Dunn isn't. It's just more. It's just analyzing all of it. I guess that's what I'll say. It's analyzing mm-hmm. all of it. Isn't like how like the how the media interacts with gender and domestic violence and violence against women and how uh, like the double the uh, double standard of marriages and uh, how a woman is perceived and a male man is perceived in a marriage and that kind of thing. I don't, it doesn't seem like it has a real take on gender dynamics. It's like, right. This is, you know, this is our, this is how we view gender in society. It's more natural, more fluid and more over overarching. In the sense yeah. of, mm-hmm. and it also is also very specific at the same time. Because it's Fincher's on thing of having that omniscient camera, right? Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. view, ta- he doesn't, like, have takes ever. No. <laughs> it's, it's more Not just, in this movie. Like, the takes come out of character behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like... If anything, definitely... it's about toxic relationships and how that's, like, yeah. and how basically that is formed in most marriages i guess i don't know right. it's it, at it, some is, level yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's this so, there's this core performance in every kind of relationship and like mm-hmm. yeah so so i i do think it is interesting though because like amy don did start a trend and not like start a trend uh but it continued to trend and also like kind of there's a subculture of these amy don celebrators and i'm not saying they're wrong or do what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting though, how that is like, how that's permeated in our culture of like, sometimes you just feel so like fucking finally someone does something about, about it. Like someone at least like actually does like 
follows through not follows through I, I don't even know what I'm saying right now but like <laughs> uh the whole idea of Amy Dunn in general of she's just willing to do what everyone thinks mm-hmm. um everyone wants to do basically get over on her husband and do what you know is somewhat just justified um manipulate everybody do what like do do what you feel is right and uh, what you deserve and that kind of power she take okay it's it's all about power she like the, the reason why i think she connects it's with so much in the sense of feminism is that she's she like she is a woman who takes back the power in the sense in a, a relationship with a man she takes yeah. she mm-hmm. is in control she takes back control and she's like the she's the person who uh propels the story and the plot rather than have like have her be some secondary character or some someone in the uh sidecar she is the main driver um mm-hmm. and so i think that's like i think that's maybe why people became so connected to her um and but then I, the you know, incorrect it, it, the yeah. incorrect reading is like yeah go yeah girl go cut doogie hauser's throat just to prove <laughs> a point to nick about yeah. why he needs you and then yeah that's girl boss energy go get that cash you know it's it's just the it's what i think the movie's trying to prove as i think what uh amy was so afraid of as well like what cuz there's that constant conversation that nick and amy have about the couples they don't want to be and it's it's like right that's kind of it's kind of ironic that now people are now perceiving that the couples they don't want to be our the characters it's it's a whole thing um mm-hmm. yeah 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 god this thing's so good um yeah should we like oh, no. really just get into like the ben affleck talk <laughs> no or wait go ahead no go you... ahead lucy go ahead oh yeah i guess my my finishing thought um for that topic was just like i have like different levels of enjoyment like i'm on different wavelengths with certain movies like this like um like the the conversation we've been having is definitely what I think about the movie um, and how what I think about Amy is just like very realistic. Like, you know, she's she's an antihero. She's, you know, probably a sociopath and she's, you know, shouldn't be celebrated in that way. Um, but I just remember the culture surrounding the movie at the time was so much fun, ironically, because I mean, I wouldn't call it girl boss energy. I, I think there's something to like enjoying something that's dark that's just kind of like just like the top layer of enjoyment so like the way that you know i enjoy villanelle and killing eve basically at all is because i'm on that top level um before i dive into her complexities because it's like for amy dunn um you know i do have those moments where it's like yes girl but but it's like it's like top level it's like i haven't i don't feel like diving in i'm just like you know, this is an entertaining movie. And for the purposes of fiction, I feel like, you know, every once in a while, it's it's fun to kind of detach for a second and just be like, you know, make a joke about it or something like that, especially a movie that's so bleak. I mean, we've yeah. been talking about how bleak it is. And it's like, I just remember, yeah, everyone was like, especially the technically missing scene, which I think in my eyes is the centerpiece of the movie in more than one way because i feel like it's just not only is it such a good reveal such a good piece of like score um 
such a good piece of narration and writing, but just like the the fact that it's like seven, eight minutes long. And we were just all fascinated with mm -hmm. it. Like girls, guys, I remember we were just having a ton of fun with that scene, most specifically, not even just, you know, her killing or her, you know, manipulating, but just that scene, just the reveal of just like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Like gone mm -hmm. girl, like this is fun. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I always like to, yeah. I like to um, have different, like, just like levels of enjoyment. So Gone Girl is one of those that I'm glad that I yeah I can have different, you know, all kinds of different levels for it, which I think is really fun. You can help I think you that's a... be enraptured by someone this intricate with their with their planning too, like so much that. Well, like mm -hmm. you said, Jack, and... she's a professional. Yeah, and there's right. always <laughs> going to be some perverse enjoyment of a professional doing what they like, what they're good what at. What they're good at, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's like um, what yeah. what's on the calendar a bunch of times, to like kill self. So right. You're always wondering, like, what are backup plans? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah even funny, though like, this when you movie when you said the words like, technically missing, my head started playing the technically technically missing score. Like that's how exactly. much I listened to this back. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's amazing. It so is good. funny though that you mentioned that like. This yeah, this movie is like really dark, but there is like, there is this like cynical comedy, this like real dark comedy in here that's mm -hmm. really fucking funny. I mean, like the it's so whole, like kill self question mark thing is so morbid, <laughs> but it's really funny. Just on it a is... sticky note, just like <laughs> I guess sticky note. and once a month at this, and you're like you're like yeah. mm. <laughs> once a month. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I think I think uh, what my interpretation of that would be is kill self foot on a cinder block over a bridge and her body is found Nick's going to jail right so I guess yeah well I mean it's like yeah. the finishing touch it's like when do yeah, I when did touch, I get yeah. the most enjoyment totally. out of his miser misery when have I feel when, yeah. when do I feel full on him being a miserable person yeah um, and like mm -hmm. seeing that like that thrill the thrill of it all of just like is he gonna get caught is he gonna get thrown in jail that kind of shit um and no, but it's like I mean Tyler Perry itself, like his character himself, has has a lot of great lines that are insanely funny. I mean Carrie Coon, mm -hmm. you know, is just her bluntness My in heart. every conversation is so entertaining and so funny. Yeah, I I is just like, just the best. I wrote down a line that she said. She said, "Anyway, whoever took her is bound to bring her back." And I laughed so hard this viewing because mm. when when Margot says that, it's just so funny. It's just so funny. Like I, I remember. Like I wish I wrote some down. She has so many great lines. <laughs> she has so many. She She's might a bit have of the, the best lines in a way. Yeah. Yes, exactly that. Um, I remember when I again I keep bringing back to that first theatrical viewing, but like I remember the potency of like, you know, just straight faced until the technically missing scene, and then my my jaw dropped. And my mouth was open, and I remember smiling. It was open, but I was smiling. And then I pretty much continued that facial expression the rest of the movie. And I especially remember when people were like, you know, I remember groans in the theater when she kills Desi. And I remember, yeah, when she goes back to him, and people were like, no. And I was just like, I had like a tiny smile, you know, not because I was enjoying the trajectory of the movie, but just because it's so morbid. I feel like it's a similar way to like, how I enjoy um, Yorgos Lanthimos movies, if that's how you say his name, just because I think he's such a good mm. filmmaker and yeah. so good at dark comedy. Like, 
and some people just don't like that or just don't find it funny. But I think, you know, Fincher does it in pretty much every single movie and he's very good at it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Right. I think Lanthimos just mm-hmm. understands how absurd everything is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I definitely I mean, understand like, the killing of a sacred that. deer yeah. is one of the more darkest, morbid, most morbid comedies I've ever seen. And it's oh, funny. It's a yes. funny movie, but it's insanely dark. I and howled twisted. the first time I saw it. I, I was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my God. Do we have any people? But there is that, that level movies? of. So wait, I, I actually have a question. Is that kind of comedy in the book or is that more of a venture add on? I don't know. I mean, to my memory, I'm going to say yes, because. From what I you feel remember. like. Yeah, because I feel like, again, this is where the Gillian Flynn, David Fincher wavelengths meet is not just the the topic is so, you know, nihilistic and whatnot, but like they both do have a similar kind of comedy because, you know, the narration is usually just very self-deprecating, but still very just like dry and funny. So I definitely remember it being like that um, because I I really think she's a good writer and all of her narrators are like that. So definitely. Yeah, I would say it translated very well. Yeah, yeah I, it's hard to tell because it's like, because sometimes you, with auteurs especially, you just assume, well, oh, they must have added that on. That must have been a like mm-hmm. them edition. Like, you know, you know, Fincher, this is Fincher's hand, like, you know, this is Fincher's, uh, finger, fingerprints all over this, like this yeah. add on, mm-hmm. this addition, this, uh, this, especially in social network, movie. right? Yeah. Right. So it's like, oh, it must be him, but you never truly know. I mean, like, that's the funny thing with film fans, people who are also like obsessed with certain auteurs, you, you know, we, there's this arrogance among us that like, oh, it's obviously yeah. a David Fincher thing, or it's obviously a Wes Anderson thing. It's like, <laughs> we say that, but do we really fucking know? Like, we're not like, there. I think we we're mentioned something similar. <laughs> we mentioned something similar in the Tree of Life, but it's like we always were bound to psychoanalyze filmmakers. Like, yeah, it's true. Sort of right, their, right. Their minds to be explored. But even in like the mechanics of it, like this yeah. shot is such yeah. a David Fincher shot, and like and like a lot of times it's like, well, we we didn't have a choice. That was the only shot we could get. We had like five yeah. minutes to film. You know, it's exactly. like sometimes it's just not. Sometimes <laughs> it's not that complicated. But we do like. But that's and then the there's of, like art in general. There's other people mm-hmm. like Robert Zemeckis, like. Who are you? Like I don't, I don't. Yeah. Bring you down. Um, that makes that makes some filmmakers tick. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. We've um, covered Ben Affleck before in Argo. Yes. But Argo, go fuck yourself. <laughs> we're still doing it. <laughs> but it's like, I wonder. I I can't remember if we did like a deep dive into his decade. It's more just like, oh yeah, he won an Oscar. You know. I think in that episode. I mean, this is very this much is like his... this is a year a year after Argo. Oh no, two years. Two years. It's two years after Argo, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's like the big follow up. It's like one right. one picture. Uh, I'm an Academy Award winner. I guess technically mm-hmm. two time Academy Award winner. Um, but it's like, of course, for Geely, I'm going to work with one of the best directors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it was so ill timed. Oh, what I had to say another. It. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was that was Hilt. great. Oh, that's so fucking just funny. to level it Lucy, out. Just to level so it out. <laughs> Thank you. This Continue, is like the Jack. best in the business. Um, oh, but yeah, boy. like he works with one of the best directors working, and Marty Brest. No, but like 
<laughs> and then two years after this, obviously, he's Batman. I mean, it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he was casted as Batman in 2013, like yeah. right after Argo. Oh, or yeah, yeah, um, that's true. So, like, this was in prep. Like, yeah, because you can you can tell in this movie, like, this dude's fucking jacked. Like, he's built. <laughs> Yeah. Like he's like he's or you know, there's a weight difference in this tree trunks and um Argo like there's like I mean they're two years apart or yeah there's but it's like yeah there's certainly like a size difference there yeah mm-hmm. I mean it's he's much more yeah he's much more like you you just he's like almost popping out of those like collared shirts and you're just like right. yeah Nick Dunn all right all right Nick Dunn look a lot like Batman if I ever I, you know I've never <laughs> seen you in the same room with Batman Nick Dunn what if <laughs> What if someone says that in the movie? That's so fun. Yeah. Oh man. Um, where are we at, but, Ben? Like right, right now. Where do you think? But this, but yeah, I mean, this decade is a weird one for it's him because he basically though. becomes one of the more famous superheroes in the world, and then like leaves it within like five years. Right. Because like, he's arguably kerfuffle. the worst um, Batman. I, think... I mean, public opinion speaking. <laughs> hey. Who knows? I don't know anymore. <laughs> I, I have my Batman takes, but I don't know. He's yeah. He's, we'll save him for when we possibly get there. You know. Um, yeah. And then, oh, like, boy. he directs Live by Night. Do we? Do we all Live by Night? I mean, no. Uh, live by Night doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist. No, I. I don't really have an um, opinion on Ben Affleck. Like, I. I don't think of yeah. him very much, except for. Gone Girl and Argo, and I think like Gone Girl, he plays the part very well, and I think it's just a testament to like David Fincher's sense of humor because he's like, okay, I have to get Ben Affleck because it's like he's he's just he's just an absolute, you know, he's an absolute fool. He's just like plays Who's that oblivious that a little too well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like he's I can't dipshit. think of a better casting. Exactly. So that's pretty much like what I like, think of. Just- Ben Affleck. Right. It's perfect casting. And you imagine him cackling at, at behind the camera when he's next to that poster of Amy with the 1-800-FIND-AMY-ELLIOT-DUNN. <laughs> he and does he's the smiling, smile. that smug... Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's just... It's, I mean, it's amazing. Good the, he's good. No, this is... But this is he's the best good. performance for me. I, I don't think he'll ever I think this. he... Yeah, I think it's my favorite, too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, he does best when it's metatextual. I mean, this mm-hmm. whole movie is like very metatextual in the sense of like I guess like the way back how, is his relationship well. to the media, how he's always perceived it a certain way, and how like it's like impossible for him to like change that direction. He's always he's just Ben Affleck has always been very much like uh, a meme in the sense of even before memes, he's always been a mood. He's always been a person <laughs> who's just like yeah, it's Ben Affleck. Like the yeah, media right. has always like the media put him in the box, put him in a certain box almost immediately. Of like this is the this is the fool who's dating J Lo and Jennifer Garner <laughs> and shit. Like and then and then of course right. like that changes with uh, his Oscar win and like when he starts directing, that's when like oh I guess we take him seriously now. But this is kind of a more throwback <laughs> to when he was like just a fool, like when he was just like a yeah. even though he won an Oscar for Goodwill Hunting, no one really thought of him as a screenwriter for most of his career. Exactly. Um and. It, but he like, has a pretty think... clear trajectory for his career. Like, he makes a bunch of movies that just don't work in the 2000s. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to try my hand in filmmaking with Gone Baby Gone. And it kind of, like, gets him a little bit more cred. And he's like, yeah, I'll, 
I'll just keep directing because that seems to be working. And then with the town and Argo, like it just he just seems to skyrocket. Um, but then loses some some points again with playing Batman. So it's just like his career is all over the place. He's fumbling the ball. The That's just think, who he which, is. <laughs> right. All the time with his career. Um, I mean, of course, there's a lot of he personal has that, issues he goes through yeah, during that all that alcoholism, time. right? And right. like, and that's why I think his best performances are metatextual because, like, Triple Frontier, mm-hmm. even though it's not Triple maybe the Frontier, great, yeah. great, a great movie, he's really good in it because there is that like, I'm past my prime, I'm kind of a drunk, like I've I feel like I've lost all of my opportunity to be the guy anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. The way back is very much him dealing with his alcoholism sure, and course. Course. like right. like. And like they're those two performances are really good in the back to back. I don't mind. I think I actually I kind of like him as Batman, but well, I mean, it's I think we're easily, all forgetting he's not, he's not the too last interesting thing, in the role. The last thing he wanted, uh, Deary's picture. We didn't all. This wasn't I've like a pop culture movie. sensation. <laughs> wow, he's That's horrible it. in it. I mean, everyone's horrible in that movie. It's really bad. Um, I hate that movie a lot. Uh, it's really bad. Yeah. Um, but like, if the town. What did they do to that? Uh, don't. All right. Um, the town is also like metatextual because of his connections to Boston, and like there is like I do think that he gives his best performances when there is something to it that connects to him personally. Yeah. Um, besides that, when because he's so vulnerable, some... he's so sad. You know? Yeah. So he's like, a, like he know he's self aware. I mean, whatever you, you got to say about him, he's self aware of like how people think he how, like how people view him. He's there. He understands like the public perception of him. Um, mm-hmm. And which probably doesn't help to his overall mood because sometimes we, you know, we perceive him as a dipshit, and so that probably doesn't help. Um, but like he, it, you know, he, he definitely has been going. He definitely went through it this decade. He's had a lot of. It was a lot of ups and downs. It was like the definition of a roller coaster decade for him. Oscar winner, worst Batman, whatever. Like, and you know, it's on into Armist. It's rough recently. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was this year. That wasn't this decade. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's true. That's true. Let's keep let's keep I us mean, locked in. It's always weird when I say this decade. I mean, like, no, I mean, like, we're talking about last decade, but we say this decade because it's it was we're so close to it. That's true. Mm-hmm. But it's last decade. You mean and like we're also when you, th- this year is twenty nineteen, right? So. Yeah, it's, it's like. But the funny thing is, we talk about it like it is sometimes, yeah, and I always like I don't, and I don't know how we can change that, but it is always uh, funny to me. It's just like we're talking about this accountant? decade because we feel like we're in it when we're talking on this podcast. Did you like the accountant? I think it is a very trashy. That's the definition. You were talking earlier about a trashy airport novel. That's the definition of a trashy airport yeah. novel. It's yeah, like yeah. really, it's schlock genre trash. And I, I find it really enjoyable. Hmm. Yeah. Problematic yeah. as hell. It seems like Gavin O'Connor uh, can, can like work some muscles. I like Gavin. Like. I've never, I've like way back warrior accountant. I sure you know good little journeyman. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I yeah I know I I really like Affleck. I think he's actually a pretty good actor. I actually hope that he's given like I think I mean he's working now plenty. Like he's right. he has he's gonna uh, be the last duel. How many Ridley Scott upcoming yeah. projects he has yeah. and it's he's you know I I, yeah. I I I hope the best for him. I like seeing him. I never I'm never like oh it's been. I've always, I'm always just like, all right, let's see what you do because I think think there's more range to him than maybe people like give. I'm not saying he's great at it, but 
I think he has the tool. I think he has more tools than some people think. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't imagine another Nick Dunn, though. It's It really is. Exactly just that. So perfectly captured. Like, I could imagine Reese in, in the Amy Dunn role so, so easily. I can't. In a post big big alone. Yeah, big, I can't, really? No, I disagree. I, 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 I think Pike I, is. Just I, I think I would like I would like to see it. Maybe it's it's more of that. Um Reese would be like be cool girl is game. Cool girl is fun. She has like a very specific <laughs> voice like I associate with mostly rom coms before like you know, walk the line yeah. and big little lies, like she's so like romantic comedy Reese and it's like, well, cool girl is game. Cool girl is fun. Like I could not I can't see it. Buy her as <laughs> East Coast girl. Yeah, I can only true. buy her as Midwest. And so, Midwest, like, and yeah. Amy Dunn is very much East Coast in a New Midwest. York. Said, yeah. Said. No, you're yeah. allowed to have your opinion. Like, it's okay. I'm just saying. Like, I though? could never picture it. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll is give it to him. Is he allowed to have his opinions? <laughs> All right. That's fair. My thing about That's Reese fair. is that she always talks to, talks to everyone like she's our mom. Yeah, so mm. it's, it's more like, yeah, that's yeah, very funny. Um, I don't think we've said the names Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, and, oh. and, and just like fucking. That was my last thing I wanted to touch it's, on. Yes, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it's I it. it's, it's. I just like, it just yeah it just adds to ahead. the dread and in the moodiness and you know. It, We've we've just drooled over them in a social network episode, but like, yeah, it's the, mm-hmm. they're the best, and some of the, some of our unex, most unexpected, naturally gifted uh, film composers we have because it's like, wow, the guys from Angels, it's it's always very <laughs> funny. Um, yeah, it is interesting to see like who will surprise you, you know, in the coming years, and I feel like. You know, their debut with Social Johnny Network. Johnny Greenwood, I, the I'm, same. Yeah. Yes, Johnny Greenwood. Um, and I feel like, you know, as far as, like, the Social Network score goes, I think it's perfect, pretty much. Like, I I, I yeah. think it's one of, you know, not only is a perfect... That's like a modern film, classic. Like a, yeah, a perfect, it's like, like modern film score. score. Yeah, and I would say, like, I feel like they're, they're next to... I mean, because I think Dragon Tattoo is underrated, but this score for Dragon Tattoo is also underrated because the social network doesn't have as many tracks. Yeah. I feel like it only has about 12, if I'm correct. It may not too many more or less, but Something the, like did that. you know? Yeah. The, and then the like Dragon, Dragon Tattoo, Tattoo has so many. I mean, it's, it's long, like a, but it's like, it just, it has like double that. It's like It's a double tracks. CD. It's like 30 or 35 mm, tracks. Yeah. And they're even skips That's for crazy. me because it's so industrial and heavy. But there's some really good songs on there. And yeah. then, again, continuing with Gone Girl, I think the Gone Girl score is such a standout. Because it's like so perfectly moody. And it's just like, yeah, just the way that they, I don't know the the technical score terms i i love to listen to them but when i talk about them it's not as eloquent um (laughs) you know what i mean um but yeah i just think whatever they use every time we bring up the score so good fucking bangs but it's it slaps but you know i have nothing else to add to the conversation it's just i think technically missing is definitely i mean this is what everyone comes here for is like professional music criticism (laughs) exactly (laughs) um yeah, I think 
what 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 would your guys' standout track be if you know? I think mine is definitely technically missing, hundred percent. I love Sugar Storm. Like it's it's so uh, romantic and so, Sugar Storm. And like you really feel like you're wrapped up and um, yeah, because those flashbacks, you're like it is a bit of like a uh, like a lifetime movie. Like hey, she's a girl from New York. He's like a you know just like Anne Hathaway and, said. And he, it sweeps us off our. <laughs> he sweeps us off our feet. It's like, oh man, mm-hmm. I can't believe I was charmed. Um, again, um, my yeah, there's favorite track is probably whatever. I mean, I don't know the tracks by heart. I, I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I haven't listened to um, the score that much. Um, I love it, by the way. I think Rosner, uh, uh, Resner, sorry, not Rosner, <laughs> Resner and. Um, <laughs> And Finch, or not, not Finch. Oh my God, Ross, Trent Reznor, and Atticus um, Ross. Attic- I always think at when Atticus Finch every fucking time, and I'm so stupid. Is that uh, another person? I'm, yeah, the character in um, uh, uh, B- B- Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. uh, Gregory Peck's character is Atticus yeah, yeah. Finch. I was never um, assigned to read it in middle school. <laughs> I never read it either. I just <laughs> yeah, watched the yeah. movie. Yeah, me too. Um. But, like, I love them. I think they're great. I mean, their Watchmen um, score is one of the of best course. television like, scores. Uh, maybe, like, general. the best. Um, like, how can you compare? Eh, Richter for Leftovers is pretty... Oh, oh my god. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, and both Lindelof and both HBO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Even Michael like, Giacchino for uh, Lost, you know? He's just... Lindelof's mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... The track that ever that plays with him breaking the glass after, um, after the detectives show him, uh, I think, what was it? I think the way he looks at me. Also, the will. The way oh yeah, the pregnancy test. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, it just like how it just like starts in the middle of that whole interaction, and it's like yeah, man, it's fucking, it's yeah, great. It it's great. I really glass. noticed it this time. Yeah, Kim Dickens is also really good. We should probably mention like she's great, uh, yeah. so really good. good, really really good. Yeah, um, I love the I... way the movie looks. Of course, like he he lo- he works with <sighs> yeah. uh, Jordan Cronin with throughout the decade uh, until mm-hmm. Mindhunter. He he, I, I can't remember the cinematographer Mind who shoots a majority of Mindhunter, but then he goes on to shoot Make. Um, but with the mm-hmm. three movies of the twenty tens, it's like Jordan Cronin with is sort of his go-to DP and it's like, oh, this like, it's like that Fincher look that is so irresistible. <sighs> and, um, it, I'm sure he's going to inspire a generation of filmmakers to come that will like successfully or, or unsuccessfully pay homage to, um, his panache, but it's like, oh man, it, really, really good stuff. Yeah. He's like just like um, blues and the haze. Uh, Missouri. This, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. And just like, Oh my gosh, I'm so obsessed with his visual, like his perfection on every level, you know, which sometimes it gets obsessive and actors start to revolt and stuff like that. But like, I think my favorite aspect is just the, the framing, I think I would say, and the editing of his films is so precise and you can tell he has it exactly where he wants it in every single shot. And it just really Mm -hmm. satisfies me every time. And gone girl is no exception. It's just, 
it's incredibly edited. There's always like fluid motion happening because I edit a lot of like montage videos and stuff like that. And the older I've gotten, Which the more I've realized that, you yeah, know, your 2010s one is so, so good. Oh. oh, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I wasn't ready for a compliment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always try to edit with um, <laughs> with action in mind, and I feel like that almost springs from some of his movies, because if you think of some of the montage editing in, like, Fight Club, or even, oh my gosh, The Social Network, within the first 10 minutes, that movie is so perfect, with uh, the blogging montage, oh my gosh, just obsessed with it. And, of course. And yeah. yeah, he he always yeah. he's he's always cutting with action, and I'm very obsessed with that, with that drive. I think. Yeah, I love. He's kind of underrated in, in how well he does title sequences, title credits too. Like this one, mm -hmm. like um, you mentioned, Social Network that is a really good title opening sequence. Um, but this one, I love how kind of rushed it is. Like it, the movie is almost eager to get to itself. So it's like yeah. Gone Girl, Ben Affleck, Rosamund Pike, don't back your hair. So it's like, <laughs> and like, it's all going by really fast, where it's just yeah. like, and then it gets to Nick taking out the trash. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, it's like, um, let's hurry up. Amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, he's such a good um, director. It sometimes makes me angry. Sorry, Clay, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. That was my only thought, is I just get angry when I think about how good of a filmmaker he is. Even a movie like Mank, which I don't mm. love, um, because of I think it's just what it's about. But even then, I have to, you know, still say, oh, he's, yeah, he's still a good filmmaker, you know? So Right, like yeah, the craft is there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess let's... Th th yeah. Um, do we have um, any other... Yeah. Any other thoughts? Or... Hmm. Let me check my notes. I mean, shout out the supporting performances. Love me some Carrie Coon. Um, I I do think. It, oh, I so when I first was like, okay, how long is this movie? I just assumed. Again, it's been what fucking it's six years, seven years. So I, years, so I yeah, saw it yeah. seven years. Um, I just assumed it was like, oh, it's like one of the shorter ones, like an hour and 40. I just assumed it. I, I, I don't know why. I just like, oh, it must be like, you know, hour 40. No I worries. don't think he's made anything under sub two hours, no? Like, I mean, I the game long. has to be, the game and Panic Room can't be that far. Panic Room oh, that's might nice, be 90 yeah. minutes. I mean. Yeah. Alien 3, yeah, exactly. my God, if that I was two hours. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, probably tried to make it two hours. Um. But and then the studio like, was like, it has to be two ten or something. Yeah, like I just assumed it was like shorter than seven. Like seven is like two hours and seven minutes. I just assumed it was like shorter than that or something. Yeah, it's two twenty. It clocks and I'm like, it out oh. like yeah, two and a half. Yeah, I'm like, oh fuck. All right. I mean, I love this movie. I, at least I remember so. And so I'm like, I, I but you know, I, I, you know, Fincher, I'm in good hands. Two twenty, whatever. <laughs> but it's a bummer because I was watching it late at night, and I'm like, okay. And then I watch it, and then I'm done. I'm like. Bro, that fucking thing did it's, not feel two twenty. Right. Like it's yeah. no, it's it just lies. It's we mentioned like, that. Yeah, we we mentioned this in, in a social network, but he his pacing is just like really immaculate. And you can immaculate. kind of track that throughout his career. Like it, it it's um, it's something in seven. Like you can tell, like it has room to breathe in other works that it wouldn't have. Um, 
Yeah, it, it might have like fat to trim, even though like it's it's one of the it's like forty minutes shorter than this. Like it's it's crazy how how well he's perfected that. Just like everything right. else, crazy. Maybe we could mention um, this the Gone Girl's Oscar journey because like it was. Mm. I mean, he's he does fairly well at the Oscars. Like obviously, like Social Network was almost winning Best Picture and. Um, like Zodiac was shut out, but but then Ben Butt was really widely acclaimed, <laughs> and um, so I guess like he kind of ebbs and flows. Like he's not like okay, guys, we got to reserve a spot for Fincher, right? Um, but this right. like this was like on the outside looking in for Best Picture, and I think it scored Rosamund Pike. Um, yeah, so he did, it did. Like, got a few nominations here and there. She lost to Julianne Moore yeah, and Still think, Alice, if my memory yeah. serves. Julianne Moore and Still which, Alice. Which a performance that very I deserving will performance. I I like it. Yeah, I understand the crap, but I kind of like it. Um, I I have not seen Still Alice. Guilty, guilty as charged. Lock <laughs> me up. I haven't seen Still Alice. Um, <laughs> but I do think that if we, you know. It's hard because you're like, okay, do we, do we give the award on its like the performance's cultural impact, or do we give it just based on like the true like quality of the performance, what we think is the best performance? Mm-hmm. And whether and I, again, I have not seen Still Out, so I can't say which one is better. But going cultural impact, like mo- like a performance that really defined this year, I think it's kind of unquestionably Rosemont Pike. Yeah, I oh, think that definitely. it's, she, it's it, that performance was so huge. It like defined like that. You could definitely argue that's the best performance of that year in general, like yeah, yeah. or at least the most impactful. And just like right. it, it really, like honestly, I I, I don't again have not seen Silas, but like it's hard not. No, to I think just be no, like, you're well, right though. This was her year because like mm-hmm. they were also up against. Um, Felicity Jones and Theory of Everything, a performance that we all hold near and dear to our hearts, of course. Mm. Um, Mar- Marion Cotillard, uh, Two Days, One Night, the Dardenne Brothers movie. Oh, Wild, yeah. Reese Witherspoon. The, mm. Oh, Reese, Mar- that's right. Reese was yeah, in the... Yeah, Mark okay. Marley movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like a pretty solid lineup, I guess. It was a solid year, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I guess like... Rosemont was just so monumental. Like, Rose, like, Rosemont Pike's just undeniable. And if you did give her the Oscar, like... I think that she would have a much better post Gone Girl I know. run than than she did. Maybe like nothing like nothing stuck. It breaks is my the thing. heart. Like, I don't think we know what to do with her. Yeah. No, nobody yeah, does. Is, even I, if she won the actor, yeah. Even if she won the award, I bet they would still find a way to fuck her over. Yeah, yeah. it's just I guess like, it's like Hollywood there would be nutshell. some kind of like. I, I guess my thinking was um, she would have more of a control. To it wouldn't them. get worse. That's what I will say. It wouldn't have been That's worse true. than it turned out to be. It probably would have been better. Probably. Funny yeah, enough, like I... this wasn't the first time that I remember seeing her. Like I, I recalled her face from uh, the World's End, the uh, Edgar Wright final. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. This this was definitely the first time I'd seen her, and I remember another another casting choice he he very famously said about it was um you know that he couldn't have someone like Reese Witherspoon or really any actress that was A or B list in America he wanted audiences to truly feel like this woman could do anything like i can't i can't box her in 
in this yeah. role. Like, like I can't we don't come with any baggage. Something. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. So that was definitely, he wanted Affleck cause he was kind of clueless and almost, you know, playing himself in, in instances. <laughs> but when it came to Rosamond, he wanted not a nobody because she's very, very talented um, and had, had a career before Gone Girl, but just that he specifically, I think said mainstream American audiences. He wanted them to be like, who is this? Right. And I have no idea what she's capable of. So I think she's so genius when it Absolutely. came to that. Like, come on. Yeah. You know? No, that's a and she's just... perfect, perfect. No, go like, ahead. That's a perfect reason to cast her. It's like, so mm-hmm. like you have to be, you have to cast someone. You're like unpredictable. Like, I don't know what this person's going to do. Cause I have no, I don't have no expectations coming in. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, sometimes you can subvert them and sometimes that works, but it's better if you're looking at this as a thriller and she's the driving force and she's the mystery of the movie. She's the person you're yeah. trying to figure out. It's better not to have any expectation. I uh, wonder like, if yeah. you did have someone of note taking on Amy Dunn, like, would they have gotten the Oscar if that were the case and it was a known entity? Because, like, oh, they de-glamorized and they're playing against Ty. Yeah. I think... Maybe that's yeah, like Charlize Theron or something. I, I am interested in Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, Reese or Theron, Charlize actually, or someone like that. Yeah, it would. I mean, mm-hmm. she she's good at gritty. I will say that. So for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. All right. Um, do we should we get to our favorite scene? Yeah. Or do we have any up. more? I mean, closing the book on Gone Girl. It's a pretty. So it's almost like I, I feel like I'm. This is what I, I say after every like big installment. You do say that in the decade. <laughs> like I feel like I'm not saying enough, but it's like no, it's like okay, like I'm, I'm overthinking it, but um, but I'll, yeah, let's just get to favorite scene. <laughs> okay. Um, Lucy, you can go first since you are our guest. Okay. Um, I I already spoiled it earlier, but. My favorite scene is definitely the, I call it the technically missing because I was, you know, I love the score and that's what the scene is called in the score. Just her entire eight minute run of, you know, cut to back, cut, cut to black on Ben Affleck's face. Um, and then just the narration starts and yeah, it's a good like seven minutes at least. And I think it's just not only like such a good performance, but it's just so memorable for me. Like it makes the movie, if it wasn't for... For that scene, um, I don't know how much it would would have really resonated with me because they made it such an event. I feel like my favorite Fincher movies always have these slight montages that I think he favors to, you know, show the passage patch, passage of time, like many directors do. But because his yeah. editing is so good like, and the score yeah. is so good, you know, it's like in the social network when he's blogging or in the Dragon Tattoo when she's, you know, near the end, you know doing what she's doing and the heretics mm. plays and that yeah. score is so good. And I think, Oh my God. She's just, right. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. I feel like he's just so there's good at building that, that montage. Dragon Tattoo. Oh, I honestly would come back on to Zodiac. talk about dragon tattoo because I, I oh. love that movie honestly? so much. I would, I'll say it. I'll yeah. say it while we're, we're on. There's... I'll say it. <laughs> there's this, uh, one scene in Zodiac where you see the construction of this building in San Francisco and all these tracks are playing. I forget which um, Mm -hmm. cut of the movie it's in, but it's, it's just like, and you have this swell of a playlist going 
and it's showing mm-hmm. throughout the 70s and and it's like wow that's right. so creative um that you think of it yeah but okay I mean, so your favorite scenes piece of music oh or or a coolum is the piece of music from <gasps> dragon Tia yes. too it's it's like Such that where she's track. on that um pursuit i think yeah i'll have to rewatch the film to to know what when it is but it's like oh it's amazing <sighs> Like that is Brilliant. that like the best piece of music they've ever done? Like maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. Clay, we'll we'll talk about that mind, later. So I'm still percolating. <laughs> totally. Um. Hmm. Favorite scene. I want to do some. I oh okay yeah no I know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. it's the whole. Uh, <laughs> it's the whole monologue basically that she gives when Affleck finds out that she's pregnant. That's a good one. And he slams her against the wall Mm. and she just, she just lays out all of it. Mm. All, everything's on the table, all cards. This is what you're going to do. This is what you want to do. This is how we're going to be. Like it was. Yeah. I'm that. Exactly. All of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 it's basically the cunt monologue. I, I almost, I kind of wanted to, it, it's like, it, it right. but it's, it's, it's great though. It's like, it's yeah. truly just, it's Rosemont Pike at her best. It's her like displaying all of, the, it's her just being the character. Like, mm-hmm. at, like the entire movie, it's led up to her being, this is who I am. This is what you want from me. This is, you don't want some, you know, like clueless bimbo. You want this. Mm-hmm. You want yeah. this life. You want to play this game, and you want this relationship. I know you and better than you it. know you. Essentially, exactly. yeah. And it's so, all on the table. So it's really well done. Really well shot. It's so tense, but it all just feels. It does feel cathartic in a way because it's like, ah, we're here. Yeah. This is it. Right. This is they're the they're not they're dishing it out at this point. Like nothing is being held back, and there's exactly. something. Yeah, that is kind of cathartic. I love the yep. cluelessness of Affleck here. And I think what really perfects that is that initial investigation when he calls um, the police and they're at the mm-hmm. house and he's sort of giving that tour. This is mm-hmm. and, and the, he's giving the tour of the house and it's like, this is my office. Like, and and it's immediately following when they go to the police station and and it's like I don't know anything about my wife as <laughs> as much as I thought I did or yeah, and it's like. You don't it's know your wife's stuff. blood type. Um, <laughs> I love the line should, after that too. Should I know? Should that? I know I'm my like... wife? <laughs> no. no. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I feel like there's there's a few things that I'm I'm missing in there, but it's, yeah, but that's that's really really good. Like there, um, yeah, because then you have the uh, the coffee table like flipped over, and it's like, huh, that's you know. The, the, yeah. the little seeds are being planted early and then when the reveal comes it's like it, it, you're hooked even more right it, yeah right oh. great Eventually. movie yeah. great movie so what a good what phenomenal a truly i feel like it yeah it was very i feel I feel, I feel bad for... <laughs> oh sorry uh there was lag um i feel like it was really no, culturally go ahead. Go ahead. significant um and Totally. Like, even though that's obviously died down, I, it's still, like, sometimes movies that we, you know, hype up, we're like, oh, like, did it hold up? And I feel like Gone Girl definitely held up. 
it's just it's it's so good every yeah, time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's one that'll live on. Yeah, it's one of those. Right. It should have won Best Picture. Honestly, well, I mean, it, it wasn't. It didn't yeah. get in. But nope, it didn't get in. Well, but... I mean, still, but it, it should have won. Wait, it didn't get. It, I always, I, I forgot it didn't get in. No, I mean, like, like I said in. earlier, it was, it was on the outside looking in. Sorry if I didn't, if I didn't. No, say yeah, it was no, just I, I Rosamund. Have, I heard. I just assumed. Yeah, oh wow. Yeah, yeah just, just Rosamund. Oh, man, wait, that was their. Was that their only nomination? I think so. I think so. Actually. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, yeah because yeah. I was wow, so into it. That sounds right. Nope. That sounds right. It sounds right, doesn't it? Because like they, I yeah. feel like they were pressured by all of the buzz surrounding her character. So the voters were like, okay. Mm. But like everything else totally snubbed. I feel like with Fincher, <laughs> they just don't know what to expect. So every movie they're just like, oh, exactly. we'll see. You know what I mean? He's never a lock. He's never on the outside fully. It's like, I didn't even... Th- I didn't think Mank would do as well as it did, honestly. Like, I didn't think you... it was bound to uh, oh, yeah. score as... No, but yeah. it's a movie that doesn't like Hollywood. You know, I... I don't know. Yeah, but people know. but people are dumb at watching movies and so they think it does. <laughs> yeah. Um but like I think but the funny thing is the Globes got this movie gave this movie way more recognition than the fucking Oscars. The Globes got it for that. Best Director. Okay, HFPA good sometimes actress. HFPA best screenplay sin. and best original score. Yeah. So like they actually oh, nominated wow. for the shit it deserved. Yeah, that's so funny. The Globes almost deserving. never get it right, so that's very sure. I know. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lucy, thank yeah. you so much for for being here again. It's a blast to have you. All here. right, absolutely. Thank you so much. I do have a final thought. Can I squeeze it in? Oh yeah. Oh, of course. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Please. Okay, my final thought. I wrote this down just because I wanted to have it in writing um, for myself that is that whenever you know people like movie lovers make that joke where it's like if you could erase your memory and watch one movie again for the first time you know just to get that initial shock that initial feeling that you first felt like my answer 100% is always gone girl and that's what I have to end on because I just like I envy people that get to see it for the first time um like in recent years because it's just it's too good and that's all I I have to say. I think yeah. it's it's a classic. I think my mine might be classic. kind of boring, but like The Shining or something, you know, like can mm. completely melt you melt you down. Like Chunky mine... Express, something really famous. I don't, I don't know. If it was in the theater, if it like was like if you could re like erase your mind and it had to be in the first time you saw it would be in the theater, mm. it had to be explicitly in the theater. It would be Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Oh, fair. It, it's so astonishing. Yeah. But if it was like it, if it was like at home or whatever, then I'd probably pick like I don't know, Twelve Angry Men, Harry, Harry you know, uh, Harry Carey, or fucking Moonlight, something like that, something profound. What's and Harry Carey? Uh, the Japanese film. Oh yeah, Samurai ish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, watch it. It's a good picture. Fifties. <laughs> very very nice. good. Nice. Uh, same guy who directed Samurai Rebellion. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. yeah, but Lucy, thank you so much for coming on. Please come back anytime you want. Where can everyone find you? Uh, thank you so much. Um, I am on, let's see if I can remember, 
Uh, my letterbox is deathproof still. Um, and my Twitter is Hey Lucy May. And that is also my YouTube. Oh, you've been doing great I've stuff started. on YouTube. I've, you, yeah, I've just. Yes. Um, yes. It. Thank you. Yeah, I, I started messing around with YouTube. We'll see how that goes. But I'm also Hey Lucy May over there. Um, my email. Yeah, just pretty much everywhere else except uh, the death proof on Letterboxd, which I'm attached to. <laughs> nice. Um, your your uh, edit of all the best pic or best actor nominee or no, wait, no, best picture it was the best picture nominees. That was really, really good. I yeah. really enjoyed watching. Take a that. bow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you guys so we'll much again. Like, props. that's that means a lot. And yeah, I'd love to come back at any time. Like, I was super excited to come back. I think you guys are just super fun to talk to. I love talking about movies. So, mm. yeah. oh, thank you. Oh, you're also on Twitch, right? You're also occasionally on Twitch. Yes, I do occasionally do Twitch. Um, I think I'm Hey Lucy May over there. I I need to get back into my gamer mindset. Yeah. You know. Perfect. Well, thank you oh, so yeah. much for coming I do on. I really that. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, um, I am on Twitter at Jack A. Draper. Um, I have writing on film, places like The Simple Cinephile, Cineflix Daily, and uh, Cinema, etc. I'll self-publish sometimes on, on uh, Medium. Although, like, if anybody wants me to do that even more, like, hire me, please. <laughs> <laughs> but next episode... Oh, um... Uh, the, the... What did we just talk about? Um, yeah, uh, a Gone Girl is available to watch on Hulu right now, as of this recording. That's what I have to say. Um, yeah, and next week we have Jonah Kozlowski coming on to talk about The Master. Um, great, great film mm. of, that I love dearly. Um, we can't talk about Philip Super Hoffman without the expert of his career, so it's it's going to be a lot of good good fun um yeah that's not to you i'll be great uh everyone can follow me at birds of clay on twitter and on letterbox you can follow me uh at, on instagram at mr clay williams you can follow the podcast twitter account at ett pod uh, you can subscribe to our youtube channel speaking of youtube i want to make sure i plug that more mm. um it's just at exiting through the 2010s uh you can Email next through 2010s at gmail.com. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe on any podcast platform you're listening to us on to. We greatly appreciate it. You can leave us a voicemail on Anchor. Um, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, please remember, stay safe. Uh, you know, Get vaccinated, wear a mask, uh, be good to yourself. <laughs> and remember, trans rights are human rights. Stop Asian hate, free Palestine, Black Lives Matter. I'll catch you all next time on Exiting Through the 2010s. <laughs>